Oh my god. Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 108. We're here, uh, not all of us actually, it's me, Graham, Cody, Luke, and Richie, I, I don't know why he couldn't make it, I don't know the details, but he's not here, but it's he okay. He had a date with his boyfriend. Oh yeah, yeah, it happens. Um, yeah. We have Holland Crawl from Instagram, I don't know if you don't follow him, his posts are pretty funny. Uh, Kyle, right? That is correct. What okay, is that? Yeah. Nothing is as convincing as saying pretty before you compliment somebody. Or like, <laughs> they're kinda, or they're pretty funny. No, this motherfucker's funny. He posts some good <laughs> shit. Go check him the fuck out, alright? And if you don't For like sure it, then fuck it. you. That's the, that's that. See, now, Graham, now the people just went and checked it out. Perfect, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah you, maybe you should do intros. Although I've seen you do the oh. intros, they suck. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're off to a great start here so he does some pretty oh, cool yeah. stuff he's got a I, i'll i guess i'll let you sort of take it how did you get into wheeling um like totally yeah. well thanks for having me on um i backing up a little bit so the pod or the instagram i just have some friends who like create raw content really well right but no one's there to record it mm-hmm. so someone had to do it and i kind of uh took on that responsibility and have just had fun with it and that's exactly what you see on the on the Instagram page, are just shenanigans. Yeah, you were actually um, going to a little bit of, I guess, behind-the-scenes stuff. You're part of the reason that I've been posting more reels on the Blue Collar Off-Road page, because that's how we found you, was oh, yeah. through the reels that you were tagging us in, and then I had also seen other reels from you before you even started tagging us. So I was like, oh, cool, they're tagging us, all right. Um, And then it was just like, your stuff was doing really well, considering the follower count that you had on the page at that time. And Mm -hmm. I was like, huh, this works, and this is funny. Yeah, totally. If you get on top of the algorithm, you're, you're moving. Yeah, there's some weird stuff that we've had, like, um, you know, it's gone for like, 30,000 views, and then other stuff we'll have that'll go for, like, 300. It, like it you, doesn't like, make well, sense. We kind of learned why our page doesn't do so fantastic, so, like, one of our most recent posts, I went to try to, like, boost it or make it an ad for the episode, and because we swore in it once, Instagram, like, deemed it unsafe as an advertisement, which kind of makes sense. I should have I edited it beforehand, but then I started looking into it more, and like instagram doesn't push us because we swear often and like different things like that so it's something we'll probably have to take into consideration as we continue further on gotta be more family for i think that would just ruin the charm though um <laughs> that's the that's the real bitch of it cunt, if you cunt, will cunt, cunt, yeah, there we go now i'm line you up to walk <laughs> i mean some of those episodes like that four hour episode uh with um bad about badlands where we all got Fairly blasted the there. Oh, oh man, yeah, yeah, you were. Well, there. Then we Luke on tequila or whatever. That other time oh, it was like a switch God, flipped. That was, <laughs> oh, I still have PTSD from that. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, there's a uh, there's a new rule for when I uh, sit down at the podcast station, if you will. It's uh, beer <laughs> only. Uh, no tequila, no whiskey. Sometimes moonshine. 
and for Morgan some can't have friends because that was who enticed you to drink. So like that's cut off too. God damn it, Luke! You're <laughs> Morgan is not allowed to have friends. <laughs> the... <laughs> Poor Morgan. I just I, <laughs> I really I'm sorry about this little tangent here, but I really don't understand her. She has friends that will pass you shots of tequila and all that, but everyone that's met her knows that she like doesn't drink and it's just like quiet and this nice girl that like but all of her friends are like pass you the bottle and tell you to chug it it's weird as fuck sorry Apple. animals now you're good uh so let's, good. Slide, let's slide it right back into it so what kind of got you into wheeling who are you what you, what are you about who am i well man uh let's let's back this way up used to be really into dirt bikes loved uh riding and racing uh, did that for many years. My parents, I was driving a two-wheel drive uh, Infiniti G35, and my parents had a pretty tall driveway, and when it snowed, I'd have to walk up and down that thing. It'd probably take 20 minutes each way. I thought, Damn. this is so stupid, right? Because I'm walking this thing all winter long just to drive a fancy red car that wasn't even that fast. So I sold it, bought a Cherokee, kind of sight unseen on Craigslist. Didn't know a single thing about jeeps at all but it was lifted six inches and it had 33s and i was like cool that'll get up and down the driveway um yeah and just went from there i can't imagine bringing a girl back to your house and being like oh don't worry it's a small walk through the snow oh, and yeah. then you're trudging for 20 minutes up your driveway because you're like sorry i'm irresponsible irresponsible bought a two-wheel drive car and now you're forced to walk to my house absolutely yeah i got <laughs> I got it stuck one day, and I actually posted a photo of it while it's stuck, and I said, we'll trade for any four-wheel drive. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, I was just over it. Did you end up trading for it, or did you buy the, uh, the XJ? I did not. I sold the, the car to a friend of mine and then bought the XJ off Craigslist. Um, it had a six-inch short-arm lift. Boy, was that atrocious. Like, looking back now, just not good. Not good. Needed four pans and everything. That is a yeah. very common thing with them, the damn XJs, I feel like. You yeah. don't realize how bad short arms are until you put long arms or a three-link on something. Oh, man, that thing rode like a wagon. Yeah, there it is. So, yeah, ended up loving it uh, there at my parents. They had a little bit of acreage. Uh, found out how capable they were. Pretty, pretty shocked by that. And then just Tell naturally what broke a parts. driver can do. Oh, yeah, driver mod. Not with short arms. No, even with short arms. Uh, unfortunately, Kish isn't here, so, like, actually, no, it's probably for the better, because I'm actually about to compliment him. He's followed around some dudes on, I'm not going to say followed around, like, doing the same obstacles, but he's kept up with people on 40s for quite a while now on short arms. He's running JK lowers with custom uppers, and mm -hmm. it's all driver mod. Right and, on. Uh, how, do you know how tall his is lifted? Four and a Three half. inches. No, oh, yeah, he's right. No, he's he's short. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's like his length flat. That helps. Yeah, that that's definitely what it is. And then the extra stretch up front helps. Um, and he's running like truck shocks on that thing. It's not even like they're anything fancy. I can't speak too far for him, but if I remember right, they're like. Dodge front shocks with Fords in the rear or something like that. You might have Bilsteins now. I think I left him a set of Bilsteins that were too short for my rig. So, um, so now you know it's quite a few years <coughs> later that you've had the thing. 
Uh, what are some of the you know, upgrades and different things you've done with it? It is, man. Um, pretty, pretty much went all the way with it being an almost stock rig then to being now on tons and TSL 43s. So I haven't gotten a party with those yet, but they're, they're here. They're yeah, sitting I'm, beside it, just waiting to go out. Is it still cut up into a million pieces, like the picture or video? Oh, man, yeah. So we, my buddy Drew, good friend of mine, he's got a TJ. It's all over the Instagram page, too. Yep. We go down to Hollerwood there in the fall, and oh. Drew gets there about an hour before I do, breaks his right off the trailer. You know, just absolutely. He tore his front truss in half. He's got a Kingpin 60 front axle. Tore the truss in the front in half, trashed it. I get there just as he's getting back, and he says, well, I'll stay if I can drive yours. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll ride with you. I don't mind. So he's driving mine and just absolutely ripped the, it had a Dana 30 at that time, just took it clear out of the front of the Jeep on a different trail. Another 30 minutes later. So we're, you know, an hour of ride time in, two rigs down. Happens. Happens. That was a good time to take her under the knife. Uh, been cutting her up, taking all the rust out of it then. Yeah, you're actually fixing a Cherokee. I am, I am. A little bit too much uh, sentimental value here. A lot of bleeping Jeep videos in this, you know? Mm. <laughs> a lot of hours spent, a lot of See, research. I can respect somebody that like cares for their vehicle. I have zero mechanical sympathy, so it's always nice to hear that people like care for their shit. Like, I don't know, like, I like I could sell, actually, that's, I don't know, I care more for the memories that I've had with people in that vehicle, rather than the vehicle itself. Absolutely. So, it's a very, very cool thing to hear that people, like, like Absolutely. Shit. I get <laughs> that, but that four-liter chooches, man. I, I wouldn't it trade doesn't. it for anything. It's a four-liter. They suck. No, <laughs> they're, they with the right gearing, they're fine. They're not fast by any means, but you don't need it to be no. fast. Yeah, they're solid, reliable. Shit, mine's been knocking like a Jehovah's Witness for almost a year and a half now. Yeah, it's they sound going. great on rev limiter. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. All right, so it was an automatic when I bought it, and then I pulled it out and switched it out for an AX15, which there I think you, you guys are fans of. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, they are. That is the uh, that is the appropriate response. Oh yeah, and so then I just ripped that AX15 out while she's uh, getting tons right now in favor of an MP435. That way I can get that six point cool. six eight to one low. Is that but that Ford trans? The Ford it is. Ford? Yes. Yep. Old, oh. old <laughs> so grand so, row and it and it came with a two hundred five behind it. But go ahead. So. Are you going to put in a box between the 205? Because it, this is just the autism speaking. It seems oh, yeah. counterproductive to go from a um, 2.7 to 1 transfer case to a 1.96 to 1 transfer case, even though you're gaining in the first gear. Do you think it's going to affect the crawl ratio at all, or are you just going to keep going with it and see what it um, does? I, I do think it'll affect the crawl ratio. My goal is to get a box in it. I don't think it'll have a doubler in it before it is trail ready. Makes sense. Um, but I think I'll be pretty close with that with the gear ratio. You're actually better off than you are with a, uh, an AX15-231 um, and whatever axle gear ratio. The ratio is actually lower with that drivetrain um, before axles or 
by a good amount that actually when you add axle gearing you get a slightly lower ratio it's like one or 87 or 86 i think with 538s um which is better than a cherokee 231 AX15 with 538s. I only know that because my buddy's got an F150 that he's slowly putting together, and we were wondering what the crawl ratio would be with that Granny Low and the 205. And it, it actually works out to be a little bit better. Yeah, so it shouldn't be too hateful to start out with. No. Uh, yeah, I just did out the math on that because that's how I am. Um, it ends up coming out to 70 to 1 compared to. Uh, what was it? It was 57 to 1. Wow. So, I'm actually kind of surprised by that. But what about in the situation of going to then second gear? Is he then, like, obviously, please don't do the math and then tell me all these numbers and then it's going to get all confusing. But do we feel that he'll still feel that, like, benefit in second gear? Or only first gear will he notice that significant difference? It'd be less, right? I mean... That's where the doubler comes in handy if you actually want to choose your speed, um, mm-hmm. your wheel totally speed. Man. Otherwise, you're kind of stuck with whatever your first gear crawl ratio is if you're trying to crawl anything. Once you're moving, yeah, it doesn't really matter as much. But um, Yeah, I, I definitely have my eyes set on that black box. Yeah, they're, they're, they're decent boxes, just not if you're driving on the highway. Cody, <laughs> I'll put it to you in simple terms. His second gear is equivalent to my third gear. So, big jump gotcha wow okay yeah so that's actually not terrible though it makes sense it's a four speed if, right? if you're pulling second gear anyways you want wheel speed so like in reality that's not yeah terrible. but with 43s <laughs> oh, they're gonna yeah. hold it back we'll, we'll see man we'll see yeah no you'll be fine you'll be I, in the i'm not but... yeah i'm not afraid to throw the doubler in it yeah yeah just that, trying to that's... hold off until it's out let her see daylight. <laughs> I can respect that. Get it done. Then see what you need to tweak. Then yes. again, those, those, uh, what's the term, Graham? The, uh, temporary fixes end up being the longest fix. The permanent. Because yeah. then you're going to be like, well, I don't really want to. No, take not for stuff like again. that. Though. It's out and about. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's, that, that is fair. Uh, if you're, if you're doing, like, if you're planning for the doubler box, and you don't put it in right away, especially with a 205 and something like that. Like, you're only adding... Granted, I don't know, that messes with your drive shafts and shit, too, though. So, unless you're... You'd have to remake drive shafts, but depending the on only, what you do, that doesn't matter uh, too much. The only thing I'm going to say that's going to be insane is once you put the doubler in, you're hitting close to a 200 to 1 crawl ratio. God, that's going to be nutty. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. I like getting away from the 231. Mm. I've really? Blown a couple of good. Oh, they're, they're stout. I just don't want to work on it. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Good answer. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the Trail Trust saga of 231s <laughs> is, uh, has been a little sad. <laughs> I think the they're only... trying to wide chain, though, finally. The only thing I'm going to say about the Trail Trash saga is, like, yeah, it sucks, but he got a couple of years out of it, and then on top of that, he's throwing almost 400 horsepower at it. And have you seen him drive when he gets oh, pissed? Oh yeah, now now that he's comfortable with the thing, it's just he <laughs> probably can blow it up on command, right? It's, <laughs> seems like what what's happened, right? 
I yeah. never used to hear about is him blowing up the 231s, and now all of a sudden... So, you know, I think I know John pretty well at this point, point. Um, and I've wheeled with him outside of going with uh, all of us to the meet and beat a couple of times now. And as he's gotten more comfortable, it started hitting rev limiter more, and it seems like the engine um, just outdrives the suspension, it outdrives the transfer case, and he's gradually correcting all those problems, but like you said, he can now start breaking shit on command, you know? I'm sure that the traction bar is going to be next, and if that breaks, I'm sorry, John, please don't beat me with it. Traction bar? <laughs> traction bar. Why would his traction bar break? That's a that's a gram thing. That's a I know really crappy but, gram fab thing. One of these guys um, held it on right. No, it's just like it becomes a point of leverage. So I've seen him load that thing up in first and go straight to the rev limiter, and then when it finds traction, it'll pull the whole rear end down instead of trying to unload, or instead of like wrapping, it's pulling the rear axle down. Oh yeah, that's why mine's ripping off. It's just. A tremendous amount mm. of force on an immovable object uh, from an unstoppable force. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not shitty welds. Cody, <laughs> <laughs> didn't you want him to build your ca or cage? Wow. I can't huh? English. Didn't you want him to build your cage and now he's admitting to shitty welds? Only on the traction bar. It only because I every time I fix that fucking thing, it's been at like five in the fucking morning. So. Mm, I and it actually lasted all of Roush, which I was surprised by, considering that Lee Spring blew up and all the other things that happened there. It just mm. died the second time after it grenaded a drive shaft. So I guess it could have been extra extra force on it because of that explosion. But we've already eh, either way. Yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, so it is what it is. I suppose to tie it back into the guest because it is a guest episode. Yeah, yeah, I know. I keep. He's filling in really well, though. It's kind of like Richie's here, but actually talking. <laughs> Good point. Um, so, what did you actually cut out? Because, like, we're talking about, yeah, you cut this, you did that, and then I've got um, some specifics I want to know about the transmission swap. But let's just cover totally. the cut. So the cut back in the day did the floor pans in it and then shortly after was the unibody like frame rails i uh, saw that those were pretty hosed so i got it all plated with the frame stiffeners front to back um and went back through, looked at it again and if it's not a frame stiffener it was pretty much rotted out put the two by six sliders in it that kind of helped it stay together for a while but she was really becoming a, a raisin pretty quick been on its side a few times, no cage yet. So she was pretty pretty shot. All the A pillar, B pillar had cracks running through it. Mm. Um, so I just started cutting and cutting and cutting. And the goal is a firewall style buggy out of it, but keep it looking a little XJ-ish. That's pretty yeah, so cool. Did you cut the whole back off of it? Am I looking at this right, or is that just the camera angle on that? The uh, the, yeah, the whole back is gone. It hasn't currently, like, from the firewall back, it has yep. a B pillar and a roof. Gotcha. Okay. And then I'm trying to keep, for nostalgic reasons, the frame stiffeners, but they're, like, pretty cleaned off. No more floorboard on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a bad place to start. The stiffeners so, are pretty good. Um, are you going to yeah, be linking it? So it was three linked in the front. Loved that. I 
I did a, a lot of research when I built that and built them pretty long, pretty stout. Love that part. Throw that back in the front. Yes, stretched it. When I tore it apart last, it was 104 and a half. I'm trying to add about 10 more inches on it. Uh, here's this, here's a, here's a question. Yeah, here's a question, though. In the rear, I want to go leaf springs for right now. I have three-inch wide leafs. Can I dovetail the leafs in? So, so like, I don't the, have an answer for you on that? They have to run in parallel. Um, one thing that I have seen done is... If you use a slider box, uh, no, I guess it doesn't matter. If you angled everything, I don't think you'd have an issue. Well, uh, my on. question is, so, why bother? Um, you yeah, have it that far apart. I'd do it once if it's within could, the budget. And you could set every, you could build it for the four link, which is like something that uh, Luke had to, he ended up having to almost build, like he had to cut everything out to fit the four link and all that stuff. So sure. to me, I think going Lee Springs is a bad choice. Yeah, I've got a whole rant to go on. I'll let everyone else get that. Uh, you stuff. can go on it. Yeah, no, let's hear it. Let's okay. Hear it. So here's my conundrum, right? Three inch wide leafs is a weird thing to begin with because that's not a factory XJ width. Factory XJ should be two five, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. Alright. So you know, if you're trying to get a dovetail situation going on uh one of the most successful ways to do it would be to go with something like a ford 54 pack or similar um which would be the two five wide and then mount them underneath the frame rails and french in to the frame rail your hanger um but the other thing that just reverbs in my mind is that even if you are talking about a fairly budget setup by the time that you actually go through and invest the money energy and everything into building the leafs with the traction bar and having 43s already on there you will Basically, if especially given the fact that you know how to fab, and I'm sure that you could figure out how to make a square tube truss um, that would tie everything fairly well in together, you're essentially mm -hmm. going to be putting a lot of effort into getting that or set up to work, and the same amount of time is going to have to go into it again. That is... Just my take on it, but to get back to the original question of Frenching or dovetailing the Leafs in, you're going to run into an issue where the Leafs are going to start fighting each other because they're designed to work on a linear axis, um, perpen not perpendicular, yeah, perpendicular oh. to the um, axle and parallel with each other which is why i suggest that if you are going to go with leafs that you move them in a little bit and you go under where the original frame rail is supposed to be instead of using the outside boxes if you're trying to get the width of the rear of the buggy build down and keep leaves yeah, right yeah i'm on. gonna i'm gonna disagree with you a little bit on them having to be perpendicular with the axle if you put them at the same angle Right, and the you may have to account for um, 
you know, weird load on the hanger, maybe, but, and I don't know how that would react in a, you know, in, in like flexing and whatnot. It just doesn't but... make sense, though. No, it is. It's weird. It's a, I love it. It's such a weird. Just, it is um, weird. I'm trying to build it around the Yeti. The whole dovetail should be around the cooler. Uh, so, okay. my I, priorities I are straight. It. I hate it. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, Graham, to refute your point, right? When leaf springs are made, and the reason leaf springs hold together, because, you know, you think about it, they're a thin piece of metal. They work really well because they are loaded in a continuous fashion. When you start angling them in towards each other, that's when you start putting a side load on what is supposed to be uh, a yeah, yeah. parallel load. And so it's going to try and roll the pack away. So this is uh, just okay, speculation. So, oh, Luke, you said start. What degree? Can I get away with five degrees? I mean, there's a reasonable degree, I suppose, like, you could get 5 or 10 degrees, right? And, like, you know, that might be reasonable, but I'm gonna counteract and say, you already cut the fucking floor pans out, and you cut (laughs) the back off, like, just move the French, or move the hangers over a little bit, (laughs) and bring them in a little closer to the center of the angle. Have you seen my Jeep, Luke? I have. Don't remind me. There's holes. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking, you're gonna reinvent the wheel just for it to be subpar for what you could have made out of a, like, you could have done a four-link. I just I'm don't... You guys. I'm hearing all you guys. Now, don't get me wrong. Leaf springs are fantastic because they do hide flaws in some people's three-links, Luke. Um, Whoa. And... Whoa. <laughs> No, I was just saying you, you noticed that your front end wasn't as fantastic once you put the four link and the four oh, link. Oh, yeah, no. It, started and outperforming the three link. It, it, you know. it, so, that's the coils, though. That's like the coils oh, gotcha. and the fucking uh, s- stock suspension mounts. Gotcha. If it wasn't for those, the suspension up front would perform where I wanted it to. I'm limited by factory Jeep stuff up front. Gotcha. I just, I really just don't see a point in it. it to me, that that's a waste of time. You know, um, it, it is a waste of time. Fortunately, I have some of that to spend. Now, oh. if you're willing to spend the time, <laughs> like I, I have a decent sized shop, and I love working in it, and I have all winter to do this project, right? So, you know, I'm just going to tell you, if you want to go and keep doing that. On the leaves, um, you know, I I think you've listened to quite a few episodes. You probably heard Jeremy Downs before, right? Uh, he's got the silver TJ or silver XJ. So he was on a while ago. He was on a really long time ago. I've been trying to get him back on for a while. Um, but he's one of the best fabricators I know, and he takes a really simple approach to problems, and so he's currently got a YJ he's fabbing up in his garage for a customer. Um, He can correct me if he ever listens to this, because sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. But what he did was he moved the leaf spring hanger outboard to try and get a little bit more stability and forward on this YJ, and then cut into the frame rail on it and mounted the hanger frenched into the frame rail 
if you were to do something similar and move them inboard a little bit because of how wide they mount comparatively on the rear end of the XJ, you could shave off probably five inches aside, six inches aside, and then if you were to put them at a five degree angle, which I'm going to say probably wouldn't be excessive, you know, mm -hmm. with a decent shackle setup mounted to the frame rail itself, you would be able to run a stock leaf pack, essentially, something like a Ford 54 or a, uh, what are they, the Durango leaf springs that people use on Comanches a lot, um, or the Comanche leafs, and run those in a situation where you're not going to be putting them into a weird bind. You're going to save yourself fabrication time compared to having something that's questionable and having to redo it, and then you you can still accomplish your goal because your Yeti is going to be about the same width as the stock frame rails would have been originally. Love it. So it's a nice, simple solution <clears throat> to a complex problem. Uh, I'm still going to point you to the Church of the Forelink and tell you you're wrong for running leaf springs, but... I know it, I know it. I've helped um, a couple of buddies now with their four links. Um, man, a lot of work, a lot of money for... Yeah, that's the only downside. It, it, a lot of work, a lot of money, and if you don't set it up right, it does not work. Yep. Yeah, but you took the... You were just saying that you took the time and effort to research your three link. And I you did. That you would, you know, do the same for your rear, and then it would come out the, exactly the way you want it? Yeah, you're, you're probably not wrong. You're probably not you wrong. Know, but on another note, and this comes back to cost, if you do the leaf springs like Luke described and have them on the frame rail, and then wherever your rear hanger ends up being, whether that's on the bumper or on the frame rail French gin again, so it's all tucked under the frame, to remove that and put a forelink in, you just unbolt it's the just stuff. just cutting some tabs. And yes, that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. Hopefully um, the, the chassis, the cage, all stays the same as this rig continues to develop. I would say if you can make it work without it being a you know an ordeal to cut brackets off for yourself in the future because there's literally nothing worse than cutting off shitty old brackets on a oh, yeah. rig. Um or, I mean there are plenty of things that are worse, but it's not fun. Like I'd rather not spend time on it. If you can just keep that in mind, knowing that in the future you will probably want to change it uh then then i say go for it and put it on the do something like that yeah yep yeah we'll um, see and so here's another just food for thought that was a great question by the way just wanted to let you know that oh I got, that. hey Thank i got you. another one you let me know when you're ready and i'll fire off we'll, the next we'll one. get to I'll that say, we're still uh, mulling over this one i know i was yeah. just saying yeah. that was they really got me thinking <laughs> and it got luke going it got graham going so i was just wanted to say you're fucking awesome. So thank that's, you. Uh, that's what rocks me to bed every night. Can those run out of parallel? So here's just <laughs> another food for thought thing for you, considering how far into this rig you are. Uh, unfortunately, the episode with Sam got scrapped, and dude's fucking wicked smart, except we don't agree on how to build tube. Um, this is a really weird one, right? Like, you're at an interesting point, correct me if I'm wrong. You haven't started laying the tube work on the buggy, right? Um, it is tacked into place on the A pillar and the roof. 
Okay, as well cool. as a spread. Awesome. So, so like, now this, this, is this is where still up for things get interesting. Like, sure. really fucking interesting. Are you running a B-pillar uh, internal? Uh, B-pillar for the door? Or, like, is the factory B cut out? Well, you're going to love this. It currently in from the 2x6 up to the stock roof, right? Okay. Um, it's a four-door, though, and I don't like how short the, the entry is. Yep. I so I want to whack it, I like my it two and move door. it back, like, six inches. Okay, so this is a really interesting point, and one of the few times I'm actually going to suggest a double B. Um, me yeah. and Cody have had conversations about it, but after talking with Sam, I've changed my mind, and I think there's some merit to this. Fuck yeah! Woo! That away. Sorry. It's okay. okay to admit. Love to I don't get told I'm right all the time. So, like, that was that was a win in Cody's book. <laughs> totally, yeah. Attaboy, so, Cody. if you Found were up. to punch out the door, right, to a two-door XJ with, I can get you some measurements if you'd like where I'm running my B-pillar. Um, and you were to go with a B out to the exterior hoop and then a B out to your, or interior up to the hoop as well. Um, and then put in some supports. What you could do is you could then bend the rear tube section up so that the rear tube section comes off of either the exterior or the interior B and then run a really long uh, support bracket out to the back of the frame and then mm -hmm. run your, uh, if you will, C pillar or D pillar up through the roof and essentially cut out the entirety of the rear frame rail section from the B-pillar back and build your links off of that if you were to go down that path. Um, and you would end up with much closer to a buggy, but in addition to that, you would also end up with the fact that the rear is only having to support itself and whatever you put in there, fuel cell, cooler, you know, yada yada. Hey. Yeah, um, lightweight is key. Do you have a and, point to make once you're done? Hmm? So once you're done, just tag me in. Okay. And so by doing that, you cut out so much sheet metal, and you would not believe how much the sheet metal actually weighs um, until you start removing it and getting the rig back on the scales. In addition, by doing that, if you were to make it so that you had your supports fall right around where you're running air shocks or coilovers, you can simplify the rear suspension addition, and I think overall it is a far better end result than continuing to muck with Cherokee frame rails, although if you were to do what I said and use the factory style uh, frame rail, then French in a leaf hanger, you could also run your rear um, bushing on one of those tube mounts as well. Exactly and if what you... I was thinking. Okay, cool. So then we're on the same page. And then when yeah. you decide to link it, it would be very easy to put in some shock hoops and some bracing. Cody, you had something to add? Yes. Yeah, so now, in the circumstances of what we spoke about with Curtis, where he felt that the A pillars, especially when they're at a curved angle, as we do with most XJs with hybrid mm. cages, we start to fall into the idea that we are losing, especially if you are pulling that B pillar even further away, 
you're losing that structural integrity up front, which is the most important place to be, regardless of how comfortable it is to get in and out. You want to be able to get in and out after it rolls over, hits a tree, X, Y, Z. Do you feel that doing such a thing, and granted, he has a he has a four door too, so like his distance is shorter than uh, Luke's per se. So yeah. do we think that that might not be the most logical idea following the same lines that Curtis brought up in his episode? So recent episode. Can I counter that before we hop over back to I want to I want to make a comment first. I think okay. two door XJs have wait having been working on a two door XJ buggy for the past nine months. Uh, I will say I dislike how much of an opening there is. There's way too much open space for just shit like there's just no tube there um that's the biggest uh thing i think i'm unhappy with on this buggy that i'm working on is the the money uh, for the the tube doors that it essentially needs there's tube uh you know protector tube bars door bars um it's just you're also a midget that's a rude term that's as bad as saying the N-word. It, now, it actually is. No, but it's... it's <laughs> demonetized. It's, it's, God, too, it's too big. It's way too fucking big. I, so, when I rolled my shit, Luke, I crawled out the fucking window in the two-door, or in the four-door. It was... I didn't even care. It was fine. I mean, I mean I'm, no, I'm not... Small. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a big guy by any means, but uh, um, like I didn't even think about it. Somebody was like, "Do you so, want to open the door?" I was like, "No, <laughs> I'm just crawling through my window." <laughs> I'm a big guy, and I could still comfortably get through a window. What's so I'm gonna. Um, this is where I'm gonna throw my counterpoint in. Right now, this might just be my rig because I only really can comment on my rig. I could actually get away. With because of the amount of room I have for the door area, putting a straight bar on my A pillar right to the base of my node and reinforce that node quite a bit so it'd be less likely to fold in on itself. And due to where the back of my seat is, I would still have enough room to clear the dash. I'm sure you could do similar on a four door, but you're giving up probably eight or ten inches and. I'm not claiming to be a huge dude, but it makes it hard for me to get in and out if I lose that 8 to 10 inches. Sure. Um, sorry, I, we didn't mean for this to be a total step away from your build, but... No, you know. I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Keep the tech rolling. Okay, cool. Um, so that's another point, though, is if you move your B-pillar back, especially because you've already cut it out... Yeah, it means nothing to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, then you could drop a bar from the point on the triangle, if you will, where you have uh, came up and met your roof halo. You could drop a bar straight down and push your seats a little bit and angle them just a touch so you'd actually still be able to get out of the vehicle relatively quickly with a quick disconnect steering wheel and sure. have enough room. Losing. But we're still losing space, though, at that point. Yeah, that's we're right. counterintuitive so, to... So, go ahead. Boys, go ahead. I love this, because I listened to the last episode. <laughs> All right, as we go up the A-pillar, we have the first bend at the base of the windshield. Yep. Second bend at the top of the windshield. Following me? Yep. Let's take that from... Let's go from a second bend at the top of the windshield, and let's tie it all the way back down to the 2 by 6 slider where the A-pillar joins. And then that will give us that 
because you never want to have a bend without a tube intersecting it. And you never want to have the tube just dead end into more tube. So now playing off of that, right? On a two-door, due to the way that the door is built, it comes down about two to three inches, if I remember correctly, past the dash. That still leaves a large window for you to get out of the vehicle. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. And it prevents the ability, because you are meeting the top of the bend, for it to crush in. You are creating a triangular-ish structure. I'm not going to claim it's a full triangle, but you're adding a lot more resistance to a downward crush, like what we had in the last episode that we were discussing. Or, sorry, two episodes ago that we were discussing. Yeah, love it. Mm. It still seems not worth it. Like, I mean, look at any... None of it's worth it. It's an extra. Cody, Cody, so... At that point, why not just X, just literally X If you're in a situation where your A-pillar is going to smush like that, you got... I don't want to say bigger problems, but, like, that's the least your worries. Whatever. Cut the roof off. Like... Um, Yeah, and Cody, the only point that I'm going to make is, assuming that you followed the body line of the Jeep, roughly, by dropping that tube straight, you're not giving up as much um, leg room as you actually think you are, right? You're losing two inches off the dash. Two inches is a lot, man. Yeah, well, we're not talking about my sex life. We're talking about the fact that my steering wheel sticks out six inches from my dash. So I would still have to shove the steering wheel. Um, and that's, that's just my thought on it, right? But for the increase in strength, to me, it seems worth it to move the B pillar back a little bit because you still end up with a very similar to a factory forward or length. But you have a vertical tube and then another vertical tube. We're still fueling my fire of building a cage around an XJ is the worst decision ever because you're compromising proper body. We are fueling that fire to where it's just like fuck XJs, they're useless. What are you gonna build a cube? No, I'm gonna tube with wheels. I'm going to build a tube cube. Oh, no, it has to be a triangle, you fuck boy. Okay? Can't be. Can't be a goddamn cube. That's not true. Well, no, you, you build a cube. It would crush. <laughs> um, so, Cody, to just go back to it, yes, you are partially correct. However, the other benefits of a vehicle you sound that's like my wife. are technically there, right? Like, you get a motor, you get a transmission, you get something for a transfer case. Now, in Hall and Crawl's case, he might be wrong because it doesn't have the transmission in the transfer case anymore. So, like, we're even closer to buggy status. But whatever, we'll we'll just skirt past that. That is the goal. Uh, XJ firewall, baby. Yeah, and I really, really appreciate what you're doing. The thought keeps crossing my mind. I just struggle with my willpower to do what must be done in order to do what you want, right? Because I don't know about how the... Once it's already toast, get rid of it. Yeah, I don't know how the front of your unibody is either. I know that the front of my unibody is held together with Band-Aid, Superglue, and some unicorn farts. Oh, yeah. Sure, hopes and dreams and liquor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, 
So, yeah, it's together and all, but, like, there are spots where there's three-quarters of an inch of plate holding it together because it's ripped. I've cut out a section, put a quarter-inch plate in there, burned that in, then put three-sixteenths over that, and then there's a tube that comes down and connects to it with another plate running off of the tube tying that in. So, like, yeah, it's cool. But the area right behind it flexes when I turn my steering wheel, and I just pretend mm-hmm. it's not a thing. Well, you could just um, put a you know tube front uh, <clears throat> frame rails front. on it. For sure. Right now they're they're plated and they're holding. They're plated pretty well, tied in. Pretty yeah, nice. and I mean, there's definitely if you do shock hoops and whatnot, and tie those back into your cage somehow. Uh, yeah. that helps with strength a ton. Um, I, mm-hmm. I'm happy with all the work that went into mine i haven't noticed it flexing nearly as much i'm hoping it survives for quite a bit longer because of it because previous to that work it was not going to last much longer uh sure it's 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 worth doing doing the structural stuff up front when people do halos right that front always just sort of gets left alone but if you're doing a, a hybrid cage or whatever on an xj like the front end definitely gets neglected uh, as far as strength, right? The rest of the whole chassis gets, you know, much more rigid. But, I mean, even frame stiffeners, I mean, even the thicker ones, I know a lot of companies make, like, eighth inch, which isn't enough, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, no way. Um, right, you're still, most of the time, unless you're getting one of those, uh, like the, uh, what are the companies? Bust Knuckle, but what, it's not Busted Busted Knuckle Off-Road. Is it B-Core? Um, I don't fucking know. You tell me. You're the one that started telling the story. Off road. Yeah, I don't know. They've got some that like a capsule, but I don't like those because I just. I feel or are like you talking the bent fab cage? No, 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 not not a bent fab cage. I'm talking about frame stiffeners that encapsulate the frame. Oh, but I they, know. There's the some that, that you're talking I, about. Oh, yeah, there's because um, I never got them from fucking king off-road or whatever is i yeah. paid for them and i still haven't gotten or i haven't called them and i don't it's been like three years at this point i don't care but i never got them but they make like a sandwich plate and some other stuff there's some more intricate kits now but even then i don't know i like the it doesn't give you the lateral support that it needs they can still kind of wiggle around even with a good bumper and all that stuff attached there's just and i know just not and by the way, I forget the company name, but their logo is Brass Knuckles. That's why you're thinking Busted and Knuckles. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the one you're um, talking about. Is it a, um, maybe Hooligan? Hooligan. Yeah, Hooligan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think that those are the ones that I have. Okay, yeah. They're, they're pretty good. They're pretty stout. Um, they fit decent. I didn't like the fronts, but that's just because I'm dumb and don't like fully encapsulated stiffeners because they're a pain, but that's okay. just me. So I suppose we should roll into your next question because we spent <laughs> a half hour talking about this one. Let's talk about it. the next it. one next for a half hour. Next one's much quicker, much more controversial. All right, This is something that we argue with. That doesn't mean it'll be quicker. We argue with this all like... the time. All the time. Drives me nuts because you're either one side or the other. Okay. How, as a group, do we feel about LED light whips. Oh, okay. so this is an interesting one. This is an interesting one. We don't get that up here. 
it is not a requirement for any places that we wheel nowhere local is it a requirement so we don't get it that often now i will say for me personally that shit's cheesy as fuck if you want to go be flashy out on the sand dunes and have your whip where it's legally you need to have it so you might as well have a cool one I can fucking respect that. But when you're at Field and Forest with your flashy little whips and you can't make it up a climb, but the asshole in the $500 shit box can, you look pretty stupid. Now, my counterpoint to that is we do a lot of night wheeling. And if you're going to be out there banging a rev limiter with a red, white, and blue whip on, who am I to judge? Yeah, see, but that's... Night, I didn't even have rock lights or any lights for that matter other than the factory headlights on my rig up until six months ago. Not even. Because uh, we just never did that type of thing. I I don't know. I've, for around here, yeah, I I don't think anybody... I think you'd kind of get strangely with, if you had a LED whip. So I, I've never been anywhere that they're required either. And maybe it's my inner side-by-side guy coming out, but I like them. I want that red, white, and blue flapping in the wind. All I'm going to say is if you're going to be flashy, you better know your shit don't stink because you're going to look real dumb when you, you can't make it. Up. No, not even that. You just like, you got to, you got to be able to, you know, show what you're putting down. If you're all lit up and making everybody look at you, you better be doing something cool or you're just going to, now everybody's okay. going to be a dumb idiot that's broken and or couldn't make it up the trail. I agree so, with that. Like, with a rainbow flashing yeah. radio. Now, now, if you're gay and that's your way of, you know, advertising it and you put a little rainbow RGB have an ass kind of thing, that's cool. I'm You, you do you. Yeah. But not you specifically, but anybody in general. Um, I don't know. It's just not my style. That's all. We get down with it. Like, if my fuel pump was working and I was going up that climb at Good Evening Ranch that Graham made, um, and, like, I got, I literally just got denied on my second attempt because of my fuel pump. Like, the Jeep hit rev limiter, and then it went pop, and I went flying back down because it stalled. Um, you sound like a Toyota guy. Yeah, he's got a, he's, he's, it's almost like it's carbureted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm working on fixing that now. Like, I've got the Barnes um, fuel cell mount for the new well, fuel cell. It sounds cell. like you're just putting, you're, it clearly is getting carburetor pressure, so I can have Jacob hook you up <laughs> with a carburetor. We have the intake for a 4.2, you could bolt it right on. Yeah. You wouldn't have I any more fuel propane, pump problems. <laughs> I would just go propane at that point. Um, but back to the subject matter at hand, like, I would have been cool with having one there, because I think it would have been fucking hilarious, because I just showed up and rev-bombed that climb. After we watched Jason K rev bomb that climb with an LS, it would have been funny watching a shitbox four liter rev bomb the same climb while being douchey about it. Like, I'm I'm so glad at least one of us made it right. Like, just <laughs> just to show that the four O can hang with an LS in certain situations. <laughs> oh, dude, I was so close that it fucking like you're the right getting shot. Yeah, I wasn't even gonna hit it. I wasn't even gonna attempt it till I saw you like almost grab, and then your fuel pump died. I was like, I can do that. I know the line. Yeah. Well, I had to get out and spot you to actually get you in the line. But that's neither here nor fucking there. Um. By the way, the uh, Saturday night night ride. We say that the uh, Web Wheelers Ball is going into Sunday. 
we're fucking lying. It's it's gonna end on Saturday night. Um, Love it. <laughs> Sounds like a um, short weekend to drive twelve hours. I don't like it. <laughs> nah, because we're gonna be getting there probably for Friday. So we're gonna wheel Friday. We'll take it easy on the night ride Friday night. We'll wheel Saturday, okay. and then we'll hit the Saturday night night ride. So you're gonna essentially get four days worth of New England wheeling in two. Pumped. That's man, some pumped. good value I, I, for your every, money. Every good night ride starts as the easy night ride. And it never yeah. ends that way. It always ends with the sun coming up. Uh, <laughs> no, we a, no. We we're actually responsible adults, so we can pull off one <laughs> easy night ride. And I only said one. The second one... Which one's the easy one? one? The one where I made you winch <laughs> me up 200 <laughs> yards? Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or the first one? <laughs> um, the first one was by far the easy night ride. <laughs> Um, that one, I only had to tow you out to the parking lot. The second <laughs> one, I was scared because you kept trying to say Wendigo. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it, isn't it pronounced oh, oh, okay. Wendigo? Okay, so here's a question for the guest. Would you ever say Wendigo in the woods? Never. Okay, cool. So I'm on the fucking I'd right take my chances. Luke wouldn't let me, but I'd take my chances. Yeah, Come meet me, Wendigo. Wendigo. No. <laughs> Wendigo, Wendigo. It doesn't matter if you're getting your fucking. Well, you just doesn't show up if you say it wrong. <laughs> it's it's like Bloody Mary dressed with proper form. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I don't know if you listened to the episode or not, but he ended up blowing the rear drive shaft. <laughs> We're winching him up. It was probably like only 500 feet, but 500 feet, 50 feet at a time. Yeah, it's see. 10 poles. It wasn't my winch. Was it the, the power connector for the winch sparking and you didn't tell me? Like, it was just a whole nightmare. Uh, I didn't say anything about it because I didn't want you to be like, oh, we're just going to back down and go for another trail at this point. And it stopped sparking after the third pole. So I was like, we're good. It fixed itself. And it's not on fire. Yeah, well, it's been on fire because of that before, so I need to look at that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. No, we it's not wired poorly, by the way. I don't know why it was doing that. It doesn't make any sense. We had one of those night rides there at Windrock. I think it was, is Cupcake a trail there? Top of 15, turn left. Yeah, I think so. Um, Windrock is not my preferred park. Pool Pool bus. Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, every winch was broken. I ended up jumping the the X J to get it to the top, like straight up airborne. Launched it. Loved it. You made it though. Dude, you gotta come out to uh, AOP at some point next I'd time. I'd love to see AOP. AOP is a weird one because it's what happens when you drop New England wheeling in the south. Um. It's a much smaller park than Windrock, but the trails, like, interlink with each other all the time, so, like, there's a shit ton of obstacles and less trails, and Good Evening Ranch is even more condensed than that. It's, like, Good Evening Ranch, right, unless you're riding to one edge of the property or the other, you're hitting an obstacle every, at max, maybe 1,000 feet. Love it. Yeah, I'm not there to sightsee. 
Yeah, you ain't sightseeing at Good Evening Ranch. AOP, you got a little bit of sightseeing, but it's not nearly the same. Good Evening Ranch, though, is like... What's your beef with Windrock? Uh, the sightseeing. Uh, um, he just doesn't like driving because the fuel pump doesn't last that long, right? Yeah, and he's got to drive yeah. to the trail, it blows up before he even gets to the trail. Yeah, <laughs> good thing the parking lot's all the way down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, shit. I, hey, in my defense, I ordered two Jegs high-pressure fuel pumps. Oh, you're going to run oh, them dual? Like, run them in no. parallel? I ordered one to go in the rig and one to go in the glove box. Oh, he said when to go. When to go. <laughs> when to go. No, uh, um, you, ought to, you ought to wire both of them up so then when one dies, you can just flip a switch and then you get your other one. Like some Mad Max shit. Nah, I'm good on that. I'm, you can have the way one I'm be doing a flamethrower. <laughs> Sorry. The way I'm doing it is I'm, uh, I'm wiring up a stock XJ pigtail. So that way it'll be, if I have to swap it, I can just literally disconnect the pigtail, pull the pump on quick connects, and swap the fittings over, put the new pump in, and be back up and running in like 15 minutes. So, and the other one's going to be in the glove box with spare fittings. I'm actually pretending to be an adult with this one. Pretty slick. Yeah, see, yeah. see the whole pretty thing. I don't know. It just doesn't. Not. It's not a. Uh, <laughs> it's just I didn't the believe filler it. word. Okay. I didn't believe. It doesn't him. have any uh, meaning. It's halfway. It's alright. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This whole so, bunch of hoopla. Cody needs I'm that scared. Uh-huh. You just don't call your girlfriend pretty. Pretty then? You don't like the word no. pretty? No. <laughs> She can't be pretty. She's either beautiful or uh yeah, <laughs> bad okay. day. Okay, no, that bad explains day. it all. <laughs> no. I'm scared to ask this, but are there any more questions? Any more questions? Um, <clears throat> I got another one. She's kind of techy though. So right now, we're, we're this is open for, it. open for discussion. Right? We'll we'll hear all advice. Uh, I don't think that they make a good 14 bolt selectable locker. I also love the way that cutting brakes work. What if you run a 14-bolt open diff with cutting brakes? Yeah, I fuck Skip. with it. I think, I think selectable is a better option simply for the fact that now you have the option to be locked and or do cutting brakes. Granted, we have buddies that run fully locked rear ends with cutting brakes, and it can work. Actually, how the fuck does Mikey and... Uh, uh, I don't think that works. Selectables. Um, they, I didn't realize they had selectables. Yeah, you have to run a selectable, otherwise it won't work with a uh, no, cutting the, brake rear end. The only selectable that I will ever run would would be one of the really fancy Arbor... Uh, I think Yukon makes one too now. That's uh, It's a competition locker, so it locks it locks open instead of closed. Or it, it, to power it, it to un- unlock it, you have to power it. Otherwise, yeah. by default, it is locked. It's it's Because that's my biggest thing with selectables is, you know... Yeah, it's it's always the joke when the JK guy shows up and his lockers aren't sure. working, right? Oh yeah. And then they've got to fiddle with their airlines or whatever the fuck else they've got rigged up to make it work. Or then you have to deal with like the the ox lockers with uh and I think they changed it, but the old style with that fitting that screws in and then a rock can hit that just right and break it off and now you're now you're screwed, you don't have a locked diff. Like um there's I'd rather just run a uh, an auto locker or just 
uh, spool or welded in most cases, and you, you're totally fine with that with that setup, right? I'd rather have it all locked because as soon as you don't have one wheel, it's like like it's almost like you're neutered on the trails. You just you feel so oh, useless. Sure. I'm sure you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is it? The Ziplocker, I think it is. Uh, never mind, I was wrong. They don't make it for that. Um, give me a second. I'll get back to you when I get there. So why not just rear steer the 14 bolt? Hold on, hold Listen, on, wait a second. You're, you're telling me if you're buying, you, I'll rear steer it. <laughs> if you're telling me you want to do cutting brakes open, but leaf springs and no, like it was in the conference. I just don't understand. Yeah. I don't get it. Where where are we going with this? <laughs> top of the top of the hill, baby. Do you All want a, do you want a competition <laughs> buggy or do you want a you know a trail rider? Because like I feel like you want a comp buggy. No, not, 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 Cody, a, not a Cody. Rider. This is because it, you actually comp on a budget. It, it, it all makes sense, Cody. You're it. You don't. It's it's like how you don't understand the word pretty. It's like yeah. you can have something that's pretty good, uh, like a Cherokee on tons, or you can have no, no, something no. that sucks, like uh, your little, tons. Yeah. <laughs> so this is one of the few times where I'm actually going to shill for ARB. Um, for what you are describing, ARB is not a bad choice. However, it's I think it is a misguided choice. And I say that because right, we're going to we're going to tie all of this back in uh here in a second. Um so for the cost of doing an orb of traction in a 14 bolt or even if you wanted to a Detroit, right? That right there is the money to four-link your rig. And a four-link in your rig, compared to the amount of money that is going to go into the ARB with cutting brakes, will give you far more performance than the ARB with cutting brakes and leaf springs will. I'm with you. I'm not trying to shit on your parade. I I like the thought process, and it's really cool to see someone going down that thought process. But I am looking at the eighteen hundred dollar kit for the ARB, the compressor, and that's it, and the wiring to make it all work right. Um, for eighteen hundred dollars, you could have me up there for a weekend helping you do the numbers on a four link. Buy a set of air shocks and everything else you need, and run a orb of traction, and then let me sit down and run some numbers for your wheels, and get you so that your scrub radius is actually where you want it to be comparatively, and you will have the a similar turning radius to not caring about your scrub radius, and having an ARB in a 14 bolt. Or a open 14 bowl, which is kind of like sadness and a major letdown. That's kind of like, I I'm don't even you. know what I'm level of so, sadness so I got that there is. By watching um, a couple of the like moon buggy guys out there yeah. at King of the Hammers. And they were able to leave the rear open and use the cutting brakes to switch the traction left and right. And yep. I was like, dude, that is rad. And then they could just grab one and pivot off of that tire. I thought that was pretty slick. 
It is pretty slick. Cherokee, though. And in my but, personal experience, everyone on the trail that I see with an ARB, they're working on it or trying to fix an airline or trying to get their compressor back on. Not interested. So now this is where it gets interesting, right? I don't know what 14 bolt you're running, and I don't know what front axle you're running. 05 plus 14 bolt. Oh my god, dude. Are you serious? Of course. They're like 05 plus front. And so are you running hydro rear. steering? In the front, yes. If he's stretching oh 10 inches god. up front, then yeah, of course he's got the no, full hydro. I thought it was in the rear. My no, bad. He said 10 um, inches in the front. No, no, no. You could put an Astro box in that and still get a, a drag link on that shit. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What um, the fuck? <laughs> so now this is where things get really interesting, right? So on a factory vehicle, like my factory 2012 Ford Super Duty that I use as a tow rig that is sitting right out there, my rear axle is two inches narrower than the front to improve the turning radius. Yeah, I'm with you. Using a 14 bolt you actually end up about four and a half inches narrower. And if you are running full hydro with like a nine inch ram, uh, like I know that they make 10 inch rams and you'd have to limit, excuse me, limit it. Uh, but if you were to limit it and do that with a wider front axle, you're actually going to pick up turning radius. Uh, I'm totally with you, Luke. That's why I have a set of dually hubs too for that 14 bolt. Make the rear even narrower. All right. So you might, like that, you might not like that, um, <laughs> but either way, by doing that, you'll be able to pull in your turning radius, and while you're working on that right there, like I said, you know, you're going to actually end up being able to turn really well, add into the fact that you're putting a 205 in, and Graham would be a better person to comment on this than I am. But if you have your shift rail set up correctly, you will be able to disengage the rear and flop the front end around a little bit to get it to turn where you want it to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, add all that together, you are still going to be far better off than the average bear by forgetting about the ARB even existing and just disengaging the rear so you're not putting traction to it to turn or to move the front end around. Um, yeah, I love it. And to comment on the wide front with the narrow rear, that's like We Rock Pro Mod vibes because you get the stability with the wide front and you can steer through the gates easier because you can obviously turn the axle and then the rear follows. So it's actually, you know, that's an homage to the current Pro Mod shit that people do. <clears throat> yeah, um, totally. Totally. I've watched a lot of the wrecked gear on YouTube too, taking some notes off of their rigs. Their rigs perform well. And they look sick. Another person to talk with who we could probably set you up with would be Caleb Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really good dude. He might I have different opinions. He's a good dude. Um, just tell him we sent you over. He had an episode a while back. He was awesome to talk with. Um, he's young, but he knows a lot of shit about this particular aspect. Um. Now, this isn't a dig at him. I think he knows less about trail riding and more about We Rock. Very true. Very true. Oh, no, no, no. He has, he has the FJ40, actually, so that's pretty wrong to say. His He's had that FJ since he was, like, 13, and he's, he's been the driver of it since he was 13. So, 
I guess yes. it's kind of unfair for us to say. <laughs> lately, the comp or lately, it seems like he's been focused on building competitions and improving We Rock, not on the buggy for the last couple years. Good point. That's why I make the statement. Um, so to return back to the open fourteen bolt, I think it's a bad idea. I think an orb of traction and forgetting about cutting brakes and focusing on a better link suspension in the rear is a far better choice for you. Agreed. Uh, everything except orb of traction I, I like. Yeah, I for like sure. You're never gonna anymore. you're never gonna ask someone Leafs or Four Link and they're gonna say Leafs. Yeah. Except well, for Graham. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> My situation um, is entirely different. I'm not fucking uh, working on the Leaf Springs yet. Uh, and Graham, the reason that I'm saying the Orb of Traction is, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. you're talking about 43SXs and no longer being street legal. It's going to be a straight up buggy, right? No, no, I, I only don't like Orbs of Traction because mine did me dirty. Did the whole uh, disco ball inside without the ring gear. Oh, the front one? Yeah. Yeah, that one was weird, dude. Hold on, for the for the retards, including me, what the fuck are you talking about orb attraction? You're talking about just welding? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, yes. When I say oh. it's orb attraction, it, it specifically talks about the 14 bolt, because the way that the 14 bolt carrier is built, there is a four, four splines, if you will, or four... Um, the spider gears sit on essentially like a a circular piece that has four uh, offshoots on it at 90 degrees from each other that um, when you go to weld it together, you literally just burn the spider gears in around themselves and you fill it up and it looks like a circular ball when you get done. It's snow globe. If you do it right. Gotcha. So when I say an orb of traction, that's what I'm referring to. Uh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Graham, I'm sorry, but I think your break was weird. And I think your break was timed at a point of reasonability. Considering that Axel's life. It was very sad. It was very sad, and I'm not saying it's not very sad, but I'm very surprised by the break, especially because... That's you my had... favorite trophy to pull out and be like, yeah, this is what happens when you weld your diff. <laughs> um, now that that diff had three ace plate lead into it before it got welded too so that's oh, no no the, the, the welds didn't break the carrier did <laughs> yeah well and the carrier gave out so like my rear sterling i put uh, this time I put half inch plate because it's what I had laying around in there, in there, and then I had Jeremy Downs welded up because he had a better welder than I did. So that thing's been rock solid for me, and I have zero complaints about it. But I can understand given your front fifty. Oh, I have a spool in the front now. It'll break, but it'll just be different. I'm sure. Oh yeah, well, this time. And then don't you have deflection issues with this? Doesn't yeah, it? you have to keep that in mind, technically, if you're getting really uh, picky about it. it. They deflect more than a, a regular carrier, but, you know, whatever. Wouldn't okay. be the first time I've done another gear set in that stupid thing. It's all the same, it's just different. I I'm going to argue, man. O5 Plus is the way to go. I agree. Yes. There's no argument here. That is 100%. <clears throat> uh, 
Yes. Now, do we agree that the crazy price point for a 14 bolt is worth it over a 10.5? No. Why, why are yeah. 14 bolts crazy? It wasn't. Did we just have somebody on those talking about the the yeah, cost of live, 14 bolts to be? Uh, we live in higher. New England. There's so many rotted Chevys. You can. I literally got one for free. Uh, yeah, from me it's after learning that I got, and I actually have blocked. another one that I got for a hundred dollars. That's the older style. It's drum brake, but uh, it's you know still a fourteen bolt. Um, so Cody, to hit your point really quick, um, you get a slightly tougher ring and pinion. Yeah, no, I know the whole. I know the whole spiel. Yep. I know the whole spiel. Um, Just thinking, is that worth it over the price point? It literally doesn't matter. It's playing pickup sticks, right? Like. The Sterling makes up for some of its faults, where like it's got the longer and less supported pinion by having disc brakes off the rip. Uh, whereas the 14 bolt is slightly stronger, but you have to put disc brakes on it. The Dana 70 is kind of in between the two of them, but like it doesn't have disc brakes either. It's literally six one half dozen of another. Pick your fucking rear axle and run with it. All right, I'm going to argue with you, Luke. I'm going to argue with you here. Your boys down at Busted Knuckle, they're not building 10.5 centers with 05 outer steer axles. Yeah, because nobody wants to buy a... Uh, and the, the market for 14 bolts is definitely larger, and they are a stronger platform overall, but if you're talking about buying a matching set of axles to do a one-ton swap under a Cherokee, it's like, just just go with the 10.5. Yeah. And then on top of that, there's not enough of a difference to make sense to to make it worth it to not just go with a ten five with the Sterling. I don't know why. Now here's another point that I'm going to throw out there. Um, Yeah, and drilling it is also an option, which is free, but yeah, um, time consuming. Well, it's thirty seven dollars for the drill bit, but you know that ain't shit. So here's another point that I'm going to. Just throw back at the comment there um, from Kyle. The part of the reason is that the pitch of the thread is different, right? So a 14 bolt, if you go to do a 35 spline outer or a 35 spline shaft conversion, it uses the same uh, pitch, not of thread, I'm sorry, of the spline. It is the same as a 60, right? So it's easier to get double-sided shafts made for that and run a slug on the wheel. Mm, I see. So there is not a lot of point in doing that with a Sterling. The advantage the Sterling has is that you can buy spider gears from Ford for like 150 bucks and slap in a set of 37-spline factory shafts. For another like three hundred and thirty dollars total for the upgrade, that that's the other advantage in return, but it doesn't carry over very well to a steering axle because when you start talking about a steering axle, especially like in the busted knuckle sense, you can start getting a blank made with a fourteen or with a fifteen fifty long side for each side being the blank. It's a Cheater. far cheaper axle to build. Yeah, totally. Sorry, I'll be right back. I gotta piss. 
Now, do we know anybody? Like, so Luke's truck <clears throat> has quote unquote 05 plus axles in it, but he also has that fancy mm. locker that Ford put in there. Do we know anybody that has actually ran one of those in an off road rig? Okay. Yeah. So I, was gonna say, I, I think those are good from what I've really? heard. No, uh, those personal those lockers? I, yes, I think that you can run the factory e locker. Again, no, no personal experience. I don't have any either. I'm just going off what I've heard, which is that they're not great. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's so it's from what I, nothing. So from what I know, and the people I know that have ran it, um, if you're going to put that locker into the back of a vehicle, it is perfectly fine until you start hitting the point of stickies, and you have to lock it before you go into the. Obstacle. You cannot lock it and then, or in the obstacle, if you will, where it would be a point of potentially being bound up. Mm-hmm. Um, just due to the way that it locks, it's an electric locker, like an Eaton E locker. You also don't want to do the same thing with. You want to lock an Eaton E locker before you go into the obstacle to ensure that it is fully locked before you actually bind it up. Oh. Sounds lame. Makes sense. Yeah, sounds like miss me with that. <laughs> um, shoot, I lost her train of thought there. Um, well, what my what I was at? getting at was that was plus one to the you know the Sterling was. Oh yeah, that effectively has a locker. Yeah. Well, that it can have a locker. I'm just saying, it's not a negative. It's a, but it's I'm not just a... saying, if you were trying to do a cheap <laughs> set of axles and you got lucky with that. That don't sound too bad to me. You're already going to be re-gearing it anyways. Like, that locker, I don't know. I don't know. Anybody who's putting money into axles, I I think, would take a look at that, and they probably are asking the same question that you know we were just asking sort of each other, is whether we like that thing or not. And I think they're probably going to come to the conclusion that they probably don't want it some people might run it and that's why we know <laughs> you know people uh, that run four tens on their one ton axles okay let's, let's be honest oh I, there's a few there's a few you know, we don't have to call them out but... <laughs> no we Jesus. don't want their names right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so something to you know put on the consideration board um but yeah that was my that was my little question for that yeah, I don't know. I think they're pretty evenly matched axles overall. To as we've as we've come to that conclusion for that question, I think um, <laughs> they're both pretty good. I'd say Cody, right? Better than my my old Dana thirty five. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> not not my actual old one. Not what I currently have to clarify. Anyways, um, you know, so when you putting thirty seven splines in the forty four. Fucking never, dude. It'll stay <laughs> fucking small and happy. You could do it. I'm pretty sure they make 37 splines for the 44. Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> 35 is the biggest. I'll just go, but... leave it to Caitlin to start doing those things because it'll soon be hers once once the uh, you know once time goes on. So, mm. but anyways, I'm gonna anyways, leave back to the news. guest. Um, other news. All right. So today I stopped by my local Polaris dealer, Polaris Yamaha, Kawasaki, whatever. Used to work there. Loved it. They just got in a brand new. Don't know if you guys are side by side guys, but they got in a brand new Polaris Turbo R. Um, yep. Wow. MSRP on it 
around 35 grand, but yep. can you get them thing, though? Yes, I, I, it was right there for sale in front of me. Ooh, that's actually that's pretty um, surprising. Cause for what for the past year and a half, they it was all to order. Like you couldn't even get them really. For sure, for sure. But dude, that thing was beautiful. I was overly impressed with the A arms and everything else, build quality wise on it. Let's get to the answer the question of if we're side by side guys. Uh, yeah. Now. To be odd, dude, I'm a side by side guy, but my wallet is not side by side guy. That's all I'm gonna get. When my Jeep breaks, I'm a big side by side guy. They're sick. I, I mean, granted, yeah, I could, like, you know, I got, I got the hookup with some Polaris, you know, dealerships. So we, you know, we could probably get one that cost. But, 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 do you think that the build quality and the changes that they made with the new 2023 is because the market for side by sides has completely changed over the years? Where they geared that towards the, they geared the original side by sides or Polaris, whether it be Can Am, Honda wasn't even making them at the time, and neither was Kawasaki. That it was for the out west desert runner and, and or the farm like farm guy do you think now that they're realizing that people are out here building bouncers with them or running them as bouncers and or doing 90 miles an hour down a new hampshire trail with them totally i think it's kind of cool how the jeep industry seems to also be pushing the side-by-side industry like as we kind of move towards tons and 40s they're also getting you know long arm suspension and lower gear ratio portals that's pretty cool that's pretty cool one of the guys I work with actually just built a bouncer out of them, and he put in a newer set of newer set of diffs. Wow, I can't English at all today, and I apologize for it. But um, he's got a Polaris, and I think he put in a set of 2022 diffs that he bought from Polaris into the rig that he was building, where it was like a 2018 chassis originally. Mm-hmm. Just because of how much improvement they made and the fact that, like, they're moving towards beefier lockers and whatnot. It's pretty dope. I feel like every time we see a side-by-side, or we've seen a side-by-side side group on a, a trail, whether that be in Kentucky or anywhere like that, it's like, I think one guy blew his diff up, or blew his uh, his locker up, or his limited slip, or whatever it was, up on Lion's head. Lion's Den? Den. Lion's Den, that one, yeah. Um, or you, you see the A-arms just rip off the back because they're, they're tiny. Like I don't know. That's When I think of side-by-side, the breakage stuff that comes with them always is what hits me first, but that's kind of cool to hear that they're addressing those. I would hope they would, but you never know. So, And my know. only counterpoint to that, Graham, is that you are putting down more horsepower than XJ is making. Wow, you know, so yeah. like some of the breakage is to be expected. Some of the turbo and it models and it doesn't weigh six thousand pounds. Yeah, no. wow, no. no wonder they're so capable. <laughs> some of them, like uh, I forget who it was, but I think it was the Polaris one thousand cc turbos are putting down. I want to say two ninety five at the crank. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. I don't know the exact With a minor I tune. Um, All I know no, it's I, fast I enough them today. The naturally aspirated one at the wheels is putting out 220. Jesus. God. That's more like a driver. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think we got to ask, what would that be? Uh, Tyler? Um, Tyler. Mm -hmm. We would have to hit him up and ask him about that. 
Just because well, he's of the racing and aspect of those, right? Yeah, he would be able to tell us far better than I would be able to comment on it. Um, just because of his racing background in them. Yep, they're fun. They're cool, but I would definitely get hurt running one for sure. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. I can barely drive one hundred ninety horsepower. I want to put two hundred eighty in there, and I'm scared of what that's going to do with half the weight. Yeah. Oh my god, I would fucking be dead. <laughs> no, you just jump every obstacle. <laughs> Rock skipper, like I said. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. I mean, it's just wild to me that they're putting down, you know, out of some of the turbo models, literally almost 1.5 times the power an XJ makes in right. something that light. It's crazy. I love how XJs are the baseline. It's like, <laughs> why wouldn't it be better than an XJ? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's because XJs for the longest period of time. And, you know, I think everyone in here, you know, even including Richie falls under the category of they bought them when they were cheap. And when they were cheap, they were the baseline of what is a good off-roader. No, uh, we'll just worship the yeah. square. Yeah, keep it alive. Love the yeah, save the squares. squares. <laughs> save the squares. <laughs> Jeez. And that right there is one of the things that I struggle with with my rig. It's, you know, it's rapidly failing me, but on the other hand, I really like it, and, like, I have a shit it's ton of memories in failing you. Rapidly? Rapidly. Um, and what I mean by rapidly failing me is that uh, for the level of wheeling that I'm trying to do with it, the XJ platform continues to show itself as a problem. Uh, ripping the stiffeners off of the unibody and the crossmember pulling itself in on itself, I would consider to be a failure that is fairly unique to XJs. Yeah, but also easily fixable. Just cut everything sure. off of it and redo it from the beginning. Yeah. TJs yeah. are also junk, so... I'm not saying and TJs are the answer. Uh, I'm saying my answer looks like tube, and lots of it. Love it. Um, and not an XJ, just starting over again and building what I wanted from the get-go, now that I know what I wanted. Luke's building a tube cube, too? Yeah, it would be a cool <laughs> tube cube, though. Uh, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Eh, it is what it is, right? Like, eventually we all hit a point where the factory unibody is just overtaxed. Um, no, you can always fix it. Metal is fixable. That's metal the is about reasonably it. fixable. Um, also you can, replaceable. you can replace as much of it as you want, and if you put enough effort into it, you'll never even know it was repaired. I'm sorry, but, like, I'm not going to go and cut through that three-quarter-inch block that holds my track bar together. Yeah, but you could do it. It's I not could, impossible. But I don't want to. Do you know how much junk I had to cut off of that green thing? There was, like, plate after plate after plate of stacked shit on that thing. We got it off. I'm sure you did. But, 
you know, I'm also. I don't looking see at my it. my thing here, and this is like a. T- I don't even know how the hell we got here. This is not related to Kyle <laughs> or anybody, but like, yeah, it's, but- I don't think it's that the XJ platform is failing you. I think you're just over it, which is fine. But don't say That's that the thing. platform is failing you because you don't want to do the work that it needs to make it work. Okay, so when I say the platform... That came out aggressive. It wasn't supposed to be that aggressive. (laughs) I'm liking that aggressive because it literally doesn't bother me. What I say when... Or what I mean when I say that the XJ platform is failing me is that my expectations are starting to exceed what is a reasonable for a reasonable amount of work into the chassis, right? At some point in time, I start having a point where there is diminishing returns and i think that literally the next step forward in my xj is diminishing returns compared to admitting that like hey it's time for me to buy a or build a tube chassis because the xj platform has carried me this far my expectations have moved this far right I'm not saying it's a fault of the chassis. I'm saying it's a fault of myself. But also the fact that, like, it's easier for me to go and buy a tube chassis that's going to be closer to what I want, given the fact I don't have the shop space that Hall and Crawl has. You know, Kyle's got a really cool shop space, and I'm envious of it because it allows him to do the work. I don't have that anymore. So, in order for me to progress further, it's just illogical for me to try and build another iteration on the XJ when I, for a lower amount of money, I could buy something that is better. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. Hey, you're still going to need a strap space to build a buggy, though. You can't. Money build- fixes a lot of problems. Yeah. It does. does. It really does. Um,. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that, like, the XJ is a bad wheeler. It will continue to wheel at the level that I have it wheeling at. It's the next level above where I put stickies on it, I put full hydro on it, and I put coilovers up front where it's going to start falling short of a buggy. And it will never be able to be a buggy without cutting the nose off, cutting the rear end... Right at the yeah, back. You say that, the... but I mean, also, I I'm going to challenge you. Like, yeah, go ahead. Just look at Chris Ayusa's JK. I mean, he did that whole 24 hours hell and back with the JK on 40s. It's not. It's got. I, I know nothing about that, so I can't make any comments on it. You don't know anything about his JK. It's literally. I know I about know. the JK. I don't know anything about the hell and back or uh, 24 hours to hell and back. Well, you should you watch know. their intro thing, because it's pretty cool. I'm excited to see, like, what actually goes on, because it's actually at Field and Forest, which is, you know, just kind of cool that they're actually doing stuff around here. I know occasionally it happens, but, um... And you know, it's cool to see another one, I guess. Um, so, I, I know for another did very well on Reds at Field and Forest with a stock chassis platform, essentially, is what it is, right? No. Tires. It's got axles, but it's still a. It's not cut up. It's not a buggy. You can have fun with whatever you want. You don't need to have a tube chassis. Again, I'm just no. trying to, get to say that you don't want a Cherokee anymore. You want a buggy. 
Yeah, well, we've already gone through that. And you could throw Chris Iashua the keys to my rig, and Chris Iashua would walk it up shit that I didn't know was possible to drive up. That's oh, because no, he's old as no fuck. because he's old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit, the old guy has been wheeling since, you know, he, uh, the fucking Great Depression. Yeah, of course he's gonna have a lot more speed time than all of us. Great Depression. And might I say, after watching that little interview, <laughs> he is covered with wagon. I rock crawl my covered yeah, wagon. That freaking horse and buggy got it going on. <laughs> but might I say, after watching that interview with him, that dude really does have a face for radio. I swear he's not meant for camera. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm calling him ugly, Graham. If you're if you're curious. <laughs> Yeah, I, obviously that's a joke. I love Chris, but yeah, I just had to throw that out there. Um, the replacement. He was the replacement. I, thought that was I know. Funny. I wonder. Who, I don't know who he was replacing. They didn't mention that. They're just like, oh yeah, well, they were gonna. This wasn't it was, supposed to be on, but I'm guessing somebody... it was Capalto. Why else would they ask another local guy? Capalto was on there because he no, had pictures I... of the rig. Also, no, no because oh, the guy. God, Luke, you the have to watch who... the video to understand. The he guy... was. A... He was supposed to, Chris was supposed to go on to replace somebody. Last minute, the guy was able to go. So now Chris was invited still regardless, and the guy he was supposed to replace also went. Granted, I could probably ask Chris right now who he was supposed to replace, and he'd tell us, but besides the point. Yeah. That's neither here nor there, and I don't feel like dealing with uh, Martin's copyright strikes. So. Ouch. And I don't hey, see right, that. So back on track. Back on track. Hold up. Hold what? up. Let me finish that thought ahead, real quick. Uh, and I don't say that to be mean. I mean, like, the dude's built an excellent empire and does awesome stuff. I just don't want to be on the wrong side of him. Fair enough. All right, Karen. Carry on. All right, Luke, I want to challenge you. Take your X Ray then and turn it into a buggy. Make it do what you want it to do. Okay, that's, that's great and all. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> waste of time. That's Shut up, Cody. All of it's a waste you drive a stock time. Cherokee. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm going to tell you the failures of my XJ. And, you know, there are resolutions, right? But right now, the gearing is a problem. The horsepower Easy is a problem. Easy fix. The unibody Three is LSs. a problem. Harder fix. Um, and so when you start putting all of those together, right, you know, we're, I'm trying to look at this as a realistic adult. It's cooler for me to keep the XJ how it is. And, you know, Sam and myself have been talking about what we would want in a tube chassis. Don't even get me started, because Sam's like, oh, I'm gonna co- I'm gonna take all the parts off my buggy and build another one. It's like, why? Like, you don't hold need... Hold up, hold you, up, hold you, up. Okay, let me okay. finish my fucking yeah, train sorry, of thought before you go Sam. So, like, what I want to do is I want to build a 115-inch wheelbase buggy. I want to put it on 05 Pluses. My Jeep is not on 05 pluses. So I want to keep the Jeep wheeling until that is done. I want to put in a 4.8 with a SM465 because I like wheeling manuals. Um, I want to put in a Titan box to a 205. Love it. Fix the gearing issues. 
and then I want to build the chassis similar to a Ultra 4 style where it is fairly easy to replace a lot of the structure by just cutting out straight tubes, which is another thing that the Cherokee cannot do. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the... A lot of the stuff on the Cherokee has to be built around a toaster compared to built to a set, um, if you Get will. Get rid of the toaster, print. dog. Get rid of the toaster. Just use the heating element. Get rid of the toaster. So okay, and that's, that's cool. But to kind of hit what Cody just said, it is easier for me to build the suspensions that I want with nothing no, than no, no, it is no, no. to start with something. If you just cut everything, if you cut, like, the entire floor out and, like, I don't know, you are a fan of the Cherokee platform, yes, you enjoy the the Cherokee as a Cherokee, or no, maybe I got that wrong. Um, I think the Cherokee platform serves a means to an ends, and I think that I would like to keep my Jeep where it is. Okay. Uh, we're at this point. We're going in circles. I could keep. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we can continue making points, and you can continue uh, commenting right on back. I mean, back. and that's that's fair. But like the reason that I am saying all of that though is that for me to go through, pull the motor, do all of the frame plating from the front to the rear that it needs, and then cut the front off to do the buggy front end that it needs. For me to cut the rear end off and finish it out the way it should be done. By that point, I am three quarters into a chassis that I could be. Yeah, but you also keep in mind you're starting from scratch on a chassis that has nothing. The benefit of working on what you have is you already have it, and you can upgrade it. Oh, I totally better, agree. Fairly straight, you know. It's an easier slate, and, to follow, you know, and you don't, you know. There's a lot of extra money that comes with having to buy the pedals, buy the steering tube to build all that structure, column. like. You need speedometer, computer. Everything. There is no disagreement with you on that, right? Like I, I accept all of that, and you know, maybe by the time I'm it's done, you're going to be wishing you kept a Cherokee. You wish you just bought a new one and I cut won't. the guts out of it. But, anyways, I think we've beat this dead horse uh, to Love a pulp. Um, Agreed. Um, yeah, I know. Where don't do we go from there? <clears throat> Love it. Hey, I've got a Smitty-built winch on the front of mine. I cannot kill that thing. Yeah, that's, that, that'll happen. Um, I have the same Smitty-built winch, most likely, and it won't die. XRC9? Yeah, 9500 XRC9. Yeah, that's what I got, too. It's slow as shit, but it always works. Yeah, all of us are group run them, and they just keep choo-choo. Yeah. Dude, so, you want to hear something funny about mine? The fucking... Um, the remote fell out of my glove box at Good Evening Ranch when my glove box wouldn't stay shut. So, it ended up on the floorboard, and while I was pulling Graham out, I melted the remote. The remote still works. Love I had to it. pull it back onto the trailer with this, like, <clears throat> flat remote, where the only thing that's sticking up is the toggle and, like, the protectors for the toggle, and the magnets even moved. But somehow it still works. That's all you need. Man, that is actually all you need. Going on, on a little tangent there, uh, I ran wired controls in mine as well as the remote, and my wired controls weren't working. Uh, yell up to my buddy Drew, I'm like, hey, I need your, your winch remote, right? Plug it in, doesn't work, throw it in the back of my Jeep, whatever. That sounded at Windrock. Next day, I load up, go home, 
Drew stays to wheel for the day, and he runs into some, uh, let's call them Instagram influencers, Jeep influencers out on the trail, big ones, right? 100,000 plus follower crew. They all need winched on this trail. Drew starts tearing into his Jeep, right? Calls me as I'm motoring home. I'm like four hours out. And he says, do you still have my winch controller? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Left him high and dry, stole his winch uh, controller. And so then he had to bum one. I had to sit around and wait. Find one in the middle of the woods. Tough. Lesson learned. Keep the winch controller close. Yeah. I'm a fan of the really chintzy Amazon wireless ones. Uh, I have to replace it about once every six months, but it's fine because they're twenty dollars. And they 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 work, right? It's then you don't have to worry about like I I think it gives you two little remotes too, and I've got so many of them at this point that uh, there's always one in the glove box that'll work. Uh, And and it just you know I don't have to worry about. Losing one because there's always another one, and uh, totally. then you don't have to worry about plugging shit in. Just, just right there. Well, you hit winch in, and half of the group's winches start reeling in. <laughs> <laughs> no, usually it just fucks with the radio or the like. If people use those Balfangs, if I use oh, the, yeah. if I use it, it'll make my radio freak out. It's, it's some really chintzy, uh, you know, radio wave that they use, but um, you know, it it does the job. And then you can like spool it in by yourself if you're out after the fact. You don't need to have the you know wire all over the place. I don't know. And I I have in cab. I think I have a plug inside the cab for the wired one at this point now too. Um, but I don't know. I'm just yeah, nice, I'm point. used to the pieces of shit that I love them, so I keep using them. <laughs> that sounds about right for you. Yeah. Can't get over the the chintzy crap. That's why you like your extra. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with pretty good, Cody. (laughs) No, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. I don't know. Um, fuck! I just had something. Somebody else go. I I forgot it. Uh, Luke's conversation wiped me out there with the whole Cherokee thing. He always gets me worked up when he says that. Yeah, I'm all nerded uh, out now. <laughs> <laughs> well, alright. Does anybody have any final thoughts then? Anybody got anything they want to add? I mean, I got a quick little question if you wouldn't mind. Oh, we, we haven't even hit the tire question. Shut the fuck up, man! <laughs> Damn! What but is... I'll start wrapping it up. You haven't even said the tire question. Ask it. Shut Ask the fuck it. up, I was literally saying that. Okay, well, Anyways. Uh, make sure you, you uh, word it correctly this time. <laughs> you done? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> what is... What's a tire you hate? What's a favorite tire? It has to be non-sticky. They butchered it again. Uh, okay, I mean, up. everyone knows that Pats are trash. Yep. Favorite tire, non-sticky. Wish they made them in a 43. The Federal Kuregas. Kurugas. Interesting choice. Federals, those things, they just they never let you down. They keep chooching. Interesting, okay. And they right, really get them on All Amazon. Right. Love. We don't see a lot of Federals around here, but I, I know what you're talking about because we actually have a set. But um, likewise, interesting. I haven't I haven't seen them run, so and I, I, not a lot of people run them. So that's a really unique response to favorite one. I'm interested now. Yeah, so now far so good. Is that what you're running on yours? 
Uh, Randos in 35 is back in the day. Um, oh, look at that. Yeah, that's what you have on. I'm looking at your Instagram now. Yeah, I see him. And what is, uh, other than a Patagonia, because that's the, that's a cop-out answer, what's a tire that Pats. you hate? Tire that I hate that's not a Pat? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a tough question there. That's an that easy one. Favorite. Give me some ideas, boys. No, no, because then we're, now, see, now that's biased. It has oh. to be unbiased. I'm going to say a bad batch of MTRs is pretty terrible. Mm. Those are the same <laughs> <laughs> MTRs. Probably any non-SX intercos. Those seem pretty pretty trash. Like the balloon style. Nah, the Thornbirds. Yeah, not interested. <laughs> yeah. not interested. Not interested. I can agree to that. I will say that if someone were to hand me or show me where I could go and buy a set of um, Interco stickies, like in the IROX, I probably would do it. Or I would run sticky boggers without a thought. Or and, and, if thought. and if you're Graham, you'll trade your 37 inch stickies for a pair of non stickies. <laughs> Listen, I. <laughs> I'm not even mad about that trade at all. Those 37s were going to do me no good, and nobody was going to pay me what they're worth. And Miguel had those IROCs. We were joking around about snow tires. He had already been interested in buying the 37s previously. So they're uh, going on to are they going on to Brianna's rig? Yes. I oh, would much rather trade Absolutely. and Absolutely. see them do something and not yes. sit in my fucking storage unit because nobody yep. will pay me what they're worth. Uh and get a set of tires that I can put on the Jeep in the winter and just dick around with. Okay, I respect that 100%. That is a fantastic idea. I did not realize Thank you. Yeah, again, I was getting a lot of shit. I did, I, uh, did the typical, I did the typical Cody thing. I read what's only on my phone. I don't bother scrolling. I know, I'm a piece I of know. shit. And I just saw... Actually, I did scroll. I had to go up like two two scrolls. Dude, it was terrible. You should have seen it. I was like freaking out <laughs> um, <laughs> to see the picture of it. But that makes sense. Honestly... Even if you feel that you get, like, anybody, if anybody even feels that he lost out on it, Graham doesn't really give a shit. If he loses out a tiny bit to the, to see somebody that he's friends with or somebody in his friend group do something really cool, and now he gets to actually witness those tires work, you don't really give a shit about maybe the $800 you kind of lost out on. Maybe. Totally. <laughs> How much well, you put it like for? that, I don't know. It's I'm, like 800 bucks. I'm totally got, fine with, with the gas trade. money to go there. It's kind of more. No, than it's fine. Bucks. It's fine. It, it's like, I, like I said, they weren't doing me any good. They're worth yeah. nothing if they're sitting in my storage unit. They actually cost me money to store. Okay, and now you have an Iraq Air. They sit in my bed or uh, in my truck bed. So are yeah, they forty two or forties? They're forty one and a halfs. So you can still run it as a spare. Then. <laughs> yes, I can. That's the other good thing is I can run them as spares. Um, All right, I I don't see I don't see anything wrong with that now. I talked shit before I really do the full thing. I'm yeah, all asshole, you guys are fucking shit. So I'm sorry. Well, I'm gonna continue to be the asshole and say that you're still wrong, Graham. I just don't have a reason you're wrong. Just like you don't have a reason that I'm wrong for wanting Listen, a buggy. I was never gonna run a 37 sticky uh, on the set of axles I have I, now I, at any point. It wasn't gonna I happen. Don't care. Um. Just like you don't That's care stupid. about my reasons for not wanting to keep the XJ. Yeah, because they're stupid. It's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're fighting now. <laughs> it's getting good. Civil War. 
<laughs> you um, have to go and like build your suspension around not having a suck down winch and still have it. Yeah, Mister. <laughs> yeah. That was because my rear axle was all Ow. fucked up. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that, buddy. I watched your front axle fucking hop and your rear hopped. axle was yeah. always hopped. Well, well, maybe if you think? built your suspension better, it wouldn't fucking hop. Yeah, but yeah. see, I can you didn't do... get your shocks in the junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Graham, what if you had a rear suck down? It would have stopped the hopping, which would have kept your axle from rotating as much. Dude, see, you just needed a rear suck down. You wouldn't no, have broken no, your no, shit. No. Yep. No, yep. No, 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 Why no. is an on crawl on more? Like, this dude just feels <laughs> good Richie really fucking well. Agreed. Call me any week, boys. Call me any week. All right. We'll, we'll be. Up on that. I mean, Curtis and Eddie just, like, crawled in here one day because we had oh, nothing else right. going on. So, um,. Yeah, no, suckdowns are stupid. I actually was just talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, FMG for Mark's uh, putting, well, putting that's the suckdown on his, and I was, I was giving him, I was, I was, I was busting his balls in the comment section. <laughs> 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 we were having fun with that. You know, I was like, oh, now you can do those 90 plus degree vertical walls that you've always been trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something, Graham. You make me want to put hydro on my XJ just so I can run a suck down winch to piss you off. <laughs> See, now I want to do hydro in the rear so I can do a rear suck down just to piss you off. I will never run yeah. a suck down just purely out of spite. <laughs> I don't care if it'll help my rig. <laughs> Next time you roll at Good Evening Ranch, because it's going to be there again, I'm going to just be like, you wouldn't have rolled if you had a suck down. <laughs> And then I'm going to pull my balaclava on and run off like the trail ninja I am. <laughs> now, Graham's response right there where he said he's going to not do it simply because it annoys us is literally Ryan's complete motive with most of the things he does on his rig. And it's hilarious <laughs> because he's talking about buying sticky IROCs. One, because they're like, I think they're ridiculously cheaper compared to most others. A few of the people that he knows that have them, they work perfect for them. But also... Because he knows I don't like IROX. is literally one of the standpoints that he put into it. He goes, it's going to continuously annoy you that it goes onto a vertical wall and stalls out, but I have sticky IROX. And I was like, <laughs> I can't fault you on that at all. <laughs> like, and either way, though, I think stickies on his rig would be fantastic. I know we're talking about somebody who's not on the episode is unrelated, but still, I do think that... Well, that it's, be- it's IROX, right? We're kind of talking about shit yeah. that annoys other people and... Uh- Irox and Irox are there, yeah, for sure. I stand are... by what I said. If I see another set of Interco Blem sticky Irox in a forty or forty-two come up on their website, and I actually have money that week, I might buy Blem. them. What's Blem? Uh, they sell blemish tires where like the lettering's fucked up, or like uh, is they the letter balance? Oh, yeah. It's not even like the sidewalls torn. Uh, when they sell their easy. new factory blend, <laughs> it's like stapled it back together. <laughs> yeah, they won't good. balance or the lettering and shit. Irox balance? Supposedly. According to Interco, yes. I'm not saying anything <laughs> besides that. Actually, my, <laughs> my 36 is actually went down the road fantastic, though, might I add. They did great. Oh, sure. Mine did too. Even when it was mismatched with the other ones, it did great. Yeah, so I can't, I can't really say much, man. I can't say much. I think I think they'll work well for the application that you need them for. Snow tire, by the way, fantastic snow tire. So mm-hmm. I agree. That's with you why I that. have them. That's literally all they're gonna do. 
And then they'll go back in a storage unit somewhere. And be a spare. And be a spare, yeah. There you um, go. So I suppose that we'll ask Kyle, do you have any more questions for us? <clears throat> he's already given us three. Questions? Like, I know. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> I know he's given us three, but I figured that there would be one more that he kept like in the pocket for the end of the episode. That I wish, dude. Stupid. I wish. I'm about to work on a 24 valve. I think it needs an ECM. That's about oh, it. That's always... All right, that's actually a really cool segue. Okay. Um, that's, love it. That's a ton of fun. I love it's a hard part of home, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, dude. Oh my gosh, I'm a 12-valve guy. So, my dad has a... That's why he likes Leaf Springs. Yeah. That is probably why sense. I like Leaf Springs. <laughs> um, I got the poverty pump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, my dad has one, right? And it's at... 395,000 miles. It's on its third VP44 and second transmission rebuild after the OEM transmission rebuild. And other than adding a ground to every single fucking other ground wire in the truck, it's been a great truck for him. It's still moving stuff around and moving itself around now. It's wild. I just yeah. dielectric grease that bundle of ground wires in the driver fender every <laughs> once in a while, and it runs good. And if it starts running weird, I just dielectric grease it some more and it fixes all right, it. Hey, all right, so this, this fits. This truck, good, good buddy of mine, uh, brought it over. It will sit there and idle just fine. You start it up, sits there, idles great. Touch the throttle, it'll jump to max, like dumps all the fuel. As soon as you let off the throttle, sits there, idles. Shut it off, start it again, 50-50 chance. And it once it's good, it'll run good for the rest of the drive. That touch the grounds changed ground. it. Touch the grounds changed it. Left for three months, came back, same issue. Cleaned up a couple more grounds. Left for three months, came back. Huh. Uh oh. Threw a TCM or a throttle position sensor on it. Fine. Mm. I'm thinking too, might be ECM. Yeah, maybe it's possible. And then the other possibility is that the wiring or the electronics in the VP44 is letting go because that was what killed the VP44 that was the last one that went into that truck. Um, Industrial had a problem where they sent out a couple that did not have appropriate shielding causing premature failure and the same circumstances you're talking about. Yeah. Bummer, man. This thing's like grandpa stock minus an air dog. Uh, 200,000 miles. Nothing like a pawpaw truck. Oh, yeah. Uh, Two-wheel drive, but she'll chooch. Yeah, you can always Two-wheel get an axle. Chooch. Yeah, you guys are uh, Dodge guys, huh? Cummins I have guys? a Dodge axle if you want one. <laughs> it's under a piece yeah. of shit. It's got my six-speed in it. <laughs> I am a Ford guy, but I think that the Cummins yeah, Ford is a better engine. It. I can get Roadhead in any of them, so I'm cool with whatever. <laughs> as long as that center console folds up. You're yeah. good. Sometimes, sometimes Roadhead sucks, though. Like, it really starts to hurt your jaw after a while. Like, I'm not really sure anymore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you're yeah. telling my dad, you focus on the road, you know? So, <laughs> I suppose we're going to loop it back in, because I have a couple questions for you, Kyle, uh, before Bring we head out. What is your biggest regret on your rig? Buying it. Oh, man. Not one ton swapping it sooner. That's a reasonable one. Uh, I guess we're going to speed round this, or uh, lightning round this. Um, 
What is something that you learned along the way of building it that you wish you could go back in time and tell yourself five years ago? That's not one-ton swap it. <laughs> what is something I learned? Uh, get a shop. Rent a shop. Find a shop. Buy a shop. Start an LLC. Get active on social media. So what's your LLC, then? Excellent you... question. I'm a packaging engineer by trade. So I came up with a couple of like Pelican cases that I could add my packaging to and resell. So I started my LLC for that. Oh, really interesting. Yeah. Then so are we talking like when you say Pelican to me, I'm a gun Pelican guy. Right? Yes, um, yes. I think of like the Pelican cases that you use for transporting rifles around. Mm -hmm. uh, are they the same cases? Like they've got the seal and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you packaging inside of them? So the foam, okay. all of the foam that goes inside of it is my 9 to 5. I design and engineer the different kinds of foam and how to manufacture them. That's interesting. Well, that's as fucking cool. Yeah, yeah that's super, pretty dope. super rad, man. Super rad. So I, I get with a lot of uh, different suspension companies. They like that kind of stuff. Uh, a couple different gun manufacturers. And then I had our local zoo call me a couple months ago, and they said, hey, we, we want to talk to you about a shipping project. I was like, cool. I get paid on commission. I'll listen to whatever you want to say. So I go up there. They had three manatees that they wanted to ship back down to Florida. What? In a pelican <laughs> yeah. case? What? Not in a pelican case, but they, they called me and as the packaging engineer on it, and I was like, uh... uh <laughs> How do you package a manatee? <laughs> yeah, I was like, we're going to need a big freaking box, boys. That's going to be a tough <laughs> Google search. How, how to package manatee. Okay. Yep. They fly we got them, done, though, man. Yep, they flew them. They flew them. Uh, oh, manatees man. are mammals, I learned. So yep. if they can breathe air, they don't have to be in water. And look at that. You got your animal fact in without even trying. How much do those things weigh? They can't be light. A lot. <laughs> oh my god. Hey Siri, how much does the average uh almost said pelican manatee weigh? <laughs> from thoughtco.com. The average manatee weighs about one thousand pounds. Oh that's, my that's heavy. The funny part is it says how much is the average amount of a pelican manatee weigh? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know what's that big other bird that's in the ocean? Um and you can like if you get two under par in golf, an albatross. You know that motherfuckers are huge? Albatrosses are like <laughs> Yeah, they, they are like eight foot wingspan. I think I read about those in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> the albatross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now the last two questions i have are selfish um i want to learn more about pelicans yeah well, you can do that on your own time <laughs> how to package a pelican <laughs> um what introduced you to us just for curiosity <clears throat> um probably me sitting at work in front of my com computer trying to learn more about jeep stuff I think that's how I found you guys. I knew through, back in the day, anyways, it's changed since then, but Instagram's algorithm, like the more people that you would tag with your size following or greater, slightly greater, like more engagement you would get. So that really came about. Then I just liked your content. Like it, it was on par with us, so we rolled with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely feeling like your crew and our guys 
both in. Yeah, we would break a lot of shit. And, oh yeah, oh yeah, it'd be a good time. Um, <laughs> Need a lot of trailer space. <laughs> I'll bring like six drive shafts. I might be okay for a few days. <laughs> You know, I laugh about that, but I'm like looking at the crusty as fuck at this point, two year old or three year old fucking multiple hack together drive shafts I have for spares, like fuck. They'll run. <laughs> yeah, they'll run. Um, and so like I guess this is weird because we've talked multiple times off air and on air or not on air, I guess, but off air. Uh, What's your thoughts about actually doing the podcast because of how long we've had communications going on beforehand? Say it different. (laughs) Um, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Say it different. I'm trying to come up with a way to say it different. Uh, What's your thoughts on doing the podcast? Like, I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's a great idea. Honestly, I call my friends like we call each other every day on our way to work or from home from work and talk about the exact same thing. Like the conversation sounds the same as this. Awesome. So now, you could definitely we... make your own podcast and consider that the hauling portion. And it's just like the morning haul or something. Dude, <laughs> oh, that'd yeah. be, that's a that'd good be idea. Tough. And you could use Discord the same as a phone call, so you could do something similar. All the boys hop yeah. in, you just shoot the shit. Hour or so episode or 30-minute episode, just throw it in. People listen to it, call it good. Totally. Sounds yeah. similar to your group, too, where like no one else knows how to edit or do anything. Yeah, not really. We Yeah, maybe. Uh, that that was a thunder <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Uh, oh. Like some of us do something maybe this maybe the end of this one might get fucked up after that one you know what i'm saying it might get a little little corrupted (laughs) i'm gonna be doing the editing on this one because it's coming out tomorrow and i don't have to work so oh you lucky bitch thank you yeah right on dude Uh, um but there's nothing to edit here it's been all good Um, i gotta say something terrible uh i'm kidding please don't (laughs) last last question from me what can we do better <clears throat> oh what can you guys do better yeah uh fire off the reels get the get the the oh, visual I, I, content rolling. yeah we suck at visual content uh, uh so does our group like i'm literally the only one yeah we don't have we don't have a champion of uh social media unfortunately hi right. i'm just bad at it <laughs> yeah you are bad <laughs> at it you try you try very hard and i love it um but yeah we we don't have a um Actually, his IFAC conversation on front of the Jeep was, it got good engaged. Oh, yeah, no, that was, that was surprisingly that was really weird. Good. Uh, I mean, that's like, people like that shit, so. I'm going to continue to harp on that, too, um, especially in the closing of this episode, but we'll get to that in a minute or two. Um, you know, it's just weird for us because social media was never really the vibe. Uh, when this podcast sure. got started, it was kind of something where Richie and myself had been talking about it, and we were in the middle of Cody's Jeep build, if I remember right, when it almost became officialized. Um, and then I got back from Roush Broken, and like we were just like, fuck it, we're going to do it. Let's get Graham in on it, too, because... You know, it seems kind of weird to have Richie and Cody on their Dana 30s. Um, (laughs) And like, hey, Graham, you want to hop in on it? And I don't know if you listened to the first episodes or not, but like, they're bad. They're bad. Off and on. 
um, we learned a lot doing it, right? Like, sure. I'm going to be honest, I don't think we really hit our stride until we done it for maybe 40 episodes. Sometimes and I then... wonder if, when the stride uh, is and isn't. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, yeah, I, that's also just business. Yeah, personally, I think it's just, it's sort of like, I don't really think of it as, you know, something we do for any reason other than I like it because it's a sort of a documentation thing, right? Like, I think a couple years from now, if I'm bored, maybe I'll listen to some of these and it's like, oh yeah, remember that stupid shit? Yeah. And we talk about the same shit every time, almost <laughs> in some Luke's episodes, it seems like. Oh yeah, but, Luke's going to be listening, thinking, man, I should have just built the, the extra new buggy. I know, yeah, well, he'll listen to that in four years with or, his tube cube and... Yeah, uh, tube cube. <laughs> you know, and so like, one of those moments that's really going to continue to stick with me is, uh, we wheeled with this dude, Jamie. And we talked about it multiple times, and, you know, I feel bad for beating the dude's name to death because he's never been on an episode. But I can't get him to come on an episode because he's tech illiterate and whatever. (laughs) And, you know, it's not his fault, and it's not our fault. But there was something about wheeling with that guy and Graham Wheeler that fucking just, like, it changed a lot of shit. It was Jamie E and Graham, and like from that day forward, wheeling has never been the same for me. And every time I listen to one of our old episodes and he gets brought back up, I still remember the fact that like there was muddy water coming in through the uh, through the cuts and the fenders. And, like, I could hear my exhaust burbling up around through the fenders while I was feeding at third gear rev limiter, and the water was sloshing up over my hood, and, like, at one point ended up coming up and hitting the windshield. It was a bad time, but I'll never forget it. That was such a pivotal year for us as a, just as a group, I think, overall. I think all of us got you know way out of our initial comfort zones with a lot of stuff and you know it put us on this you know horrible rock junkie trajectory that we're on (laughs) yeah um excuse me um and then on top of that right like it's been really fun to bring richie and cody into the fold right I shit on Cody all the time for not actually wheeling enough, but I'm really hopeful for next year, right? Because if we can get everyone down to Good Evening Ranch, that is going to be such a awesome time, and I'm planning on using that as a point to launch a lot of our visual content uh, moving forward. We did a really good job at Trail Trash Bash, or the Meet and Beat. Cody did to, a good uh, job. Why would I do? Like you were like the picture god at. um, Oh fuck yeah, dude! Dude, I love that shit. Like I'm, I've already been contemplating like actually grabbing like a full blown camera. The problem is, is like for getting a good quality camera, you have to make a decision of do you want pictures or do you want video. There's no real like or okay or spend ten grand. It's one of those kind of like super interesting things that I've been having to struggle with, but. I appreciate the little little come you know appreciate that Graham but yeah I'm trying I want to try my best to do a little bit more of it now granted being the picture guy sucks because there's never any pictures of you and like sometimes I do cool oh, shit oh man no absolutely yeah, you know um 
Absolutely. And the other thing that really sucks is I think we would be doing a lot better if we planned a spring event, right? Um, you know, next year we're doing Good Evening Ranch. I've already called them. We've talked together and whatnot. But maybe 2025 is the year that we put together. 2025? <laughs> or, sorry, 2024. My bad. Um, it's the year that we actually go and put together a spring event and a winter or a fall event because let's be real here everyone has something to do over the summer so if we can plan an event in the spring and we can plan an event in this uh there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the spring too like i've got to you know choose between the s'more thing and and aop i think uh and i think i've already made Uh, my decision uh this spring but um i don't know like i think there's plenty going on it's I, I'm well aware. I can but keep like, up. I can keep up with like the the sort of three bigger, longer distance trips a year. Any more I think than if that, we were to be blocked. reasonable and try and plan two, we could have a decent amount of success for it. So, like, I don't know what my situation is with where I'm living now. Um, we've not really talked about that, and I'm just going to put it like this. Um, my work situation is evolving, and I don't know where it's going to be. But evolving. if I'm still in Tennessee, then my plan is that I'm trying to make either trail trash or s'more, and it depends on what happens with Graham. If Graham's going to s'more, I'm going to s'more. Um, it's a lot of stress on Graham, brother. <laughs> Graham can handle Your friend's it. Friend's not going to have fun if you don't have fun. Go have fun, Graham. <laughs> No, I'm not going to ha- not have fun, right? Like, if I'm still in Tennessee at that time, I'm going to go to whichever event is happening. If I get invited out to S'more, though, and it's like hanging out with Nick, hanging out with a Curtis and all of them, you know, it's no hard feelings to trail trash, but I'm going to go out there. Um... Technically, they're on two separate weekends. At least they were last year. We could do both. We could do a whole ass tour. You know, if we wanted to do something like that, we could do that. But then, like, the downside on doing that is that I have to put the rig back together for the next big trip. Which is something that continues to be a fault of mine. And I won't deny it's a fault (laughs) of mine. Um. I'll go on these big trips and the rig is barely held together by duct tape and bailing wire because I don't make enough local trips. I'll go to Roush without a second thought, but I'll blow my rig up at Roush. Or I'll go to whatever Good Evening Ranch and the rig's been running okay, but I don't have enough time on the rig. And I'll find that like, oh hey, I broke a link bolt. Well, I didn't know it was broken because I don't have enough fucking time on it. And on the road, it drove fine. How am I supposed to differentiate that shit until it's actually a problem, right? You know, and I'm not saying that to look for sympathy, but the bolt didn't fall out. It was just bent to shit. And every time I would hit a different pedal, it would act up. And until it actually started clunking, I didn't know. 
Uh-oh, Luke, are Luke's you good, brother? Yeah, dude, you're fucking dying over there. <laughs> yeah. God, uh, no, oh I've got hiccups God. because my allergies are really acting up, and then I drank a beer with a sulfite in it. What, what the hell? hell? Same are you world. drinking sulfides now? Yeah, uh, sounds unhealthy. Um, <laughs> no, I, I do apologize for that. Like, I'm not drunk. It's just this <laughs> beer has a sulfide in it, and it causes people. You're not drunk. I think that's. I'm not drunk, guys. I swear. Listen, <laughs> yeah. fuck you guys. Um, <laughs> it's sulfur or whatever you said it was. <laughs> sulfide. It's just sulfide drinks. I swear. <laughs> no, it's been a problem for me for the last couple of years. Every time I drink a beer with a sulfite in it, I get a really bad case of the hiccups. Weird. That's really what? odd. I've never heard of that. That's something. Yeah, no, it's it's obnoxious, and it turns my face bright red. It's hilarious, but obnoxious. And then the worst part about it is, the beer that I was drinking with sulfites in it is fucking Trulies. So, really? like, they really want to fucking make fun of me. There's your opportunity. Kids yeah. allergic to Trulies. <laughs> you left the door open. I left the door open, and I didn't care it was open. Um, but, you know, I feel like on that note, anyone got any closing thoughts? Nope. I do, yes. Oh, fuck. Couple Go first. <laughs> Listen to you. First of all, Mary, Mary Chrysler, everyone. Second of all, well. yeah, well. we're getting there, aren't we? Love it. Yeah, we're there. We're there. Second of all, God is good. You are loved. It is okay to not be okay. Reach out and talk to someone. Call a friend. Call me. I'll chat with you. Try to give you some life advice. That's a fucking awesome message. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that we have to spread is love. That's it. Dude, that is probably one of the most wholesome things that's been recorded on this podcast. Um (laughs) I'm going to follow it up with a much darker topic, and oh I apologize. <laughs> Listen to him. So, Incoming guys, light. we do a fucking dangerous sport as a hobby. Like, seriously. You spend thousands of dollars on axles. You spend thousands of dollars on stupid shit, uh, be it light whips, be it fucking whatever the fuck you want to talk about for spending stupid money on. Go to North American Rescue, spend the fucking $200 to buy the nice IFAC, and throw it next to your fire extinguisher. I don't give a fuck about the fact that, you know, you're a big Instagram star, or you're not a big Instagram star. That $200 IFAC can fucking save your goddamn life, especially with the shit we're doing. You're talking about sheet metal that gets cut with an angle grinder all the fucking time. You're talking about sheet metal where, like, it will cut you down to the bone without a second thought. Just go spend the fucking money. Buy the nice tourniquet. Buy the nice fucking medical supplies. If you can spend the money on a Detroit locker or an Eaton locker, it is no skin off of your back to go and buy a nice medical kit to put in your rig or put in your tow rig and then move that rig or move the medical kit to your rig when you get out of your tow rig. I made an Instagram post about it. You can check it out. It's a serious safety concern. And also, a little bit of self-love. Spend some time. Hit the gym. Um, I don't mean that to sound like Bad, yeah, but 
Luke, if you if you hit the gym more, you wouldn't need a two door XJ. Yeah, well, I'm not a good point, That is a good point, though, Luke. Where we take these things, you're usually not close to easy medical access. No, and like, let's be real here. You know, I'm not trying to like shit on the culture, but you remember the video going viral of that dude detonating an M80 in his hand? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That dude needed a fucking tourniquet real fucking bad, and it didn't seem like anyone was rushing to go and grab one. I hope he's okay. I hope he that is. everything fucking they turned out all right. His hand. He has like one or two fingers left. I've seen the videos of it. That was yeah. pretty gnarly. I'm sure you guys uh, all saw this week too, the viral one of that Dually Cummins losing the two buggies on a gooseneck. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I saw that. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. You know, and so like, it's really, absolutely. it's really important to go and, first of all, respect yourself and, like, care about yourself or have self-love. And then on top of that, on top of that, it's really important that you make sure that you um, can protect yourself or protect the people that you care about in the event of something bad happening. It's not unforeseen that some dude slips and falls on a wet rock and catches a sheet metal fender in their bicep. Yeah. It's totally reasonable. So, mm-hmm. you know, just plan for it. Be an adult. Don't die. Uh, absolutely. And on that note, self-love, if you need something, call somebody. I'm sure anybody you know would be happy to help. And keep a God damn first aid kit with you. And if you're trying to package a manatee, we know a guy.